good morning. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. That would make me Glenn Clark. That would make him Griffin Bass. And you have only 40 more minutes to enjoy the sexiness of Griffin Bass on Twitter before it goes away. It's yeah, gone. So you gotta get it while you can. Get it before I'm, it's it's gone. Like there's no. I'm not. I'm not saving it for another day. I'm not. You're not allowed to screenshot it. Nope. That, no, it's illegal. In fact, we will sue you if we find out later that you did that. Exactly. This is the way it goes. Speak now or forever wonder just how sexy Griffin is. So go take a look at it right now. It's pinned, pinned at the top of the page. So go do that right now because it. 10.42. It's gone forever. That's the way that it works. All right, uh, coming up on the program today, in just a few minutes, in fact, Eric Zier, Georgia football color analyst, former Ravens quarterback. We will find out about the new Ravens offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. A little bit later on this hour, Julian Reese, Juju, Baltimore native, Maryland Center is going to check in with us. they got a huge game against Purdue tomorrow night. Drew Forrester is going to stop by in a little bit. And also coming up this morning, Rob Vaughn, Maryland baseball coach, will join us to preview the start of their season this weekend. So that is all on the way here on a Wednesday edition of the program. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Did you grab the logs by chance? No, would, I did not. It would be helpful. It would be helpful. I'm not going to lie. I've got the Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios up on uh, Facebook. We'll get them up on Twitter here in a bit. Um, I feel like I, I shouldn't be surprised. And I was doing this yesterday in my best way to not come off smarmy because I understand that's the way that this works. Like, it always comes off smarmy. I I tweeted something yesterday that was sort of a follow-up of the conversation that I was having on the show. Um, and I, I, I'm i going to defend you guys for a second, and then I'm going to clobber you. Like, that's the way it's going to go. I'm first going to build you up, and then I'm going to tear you down. That's 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 all that the, I'm going to do here. Um, I had fun with it. I shared a picture of uh, Brian Windhorst from ESPN doing his what's going on in Utah bit. And I said, what I can't shake, while I think Todd Munkin is a good hire, is that they didn't have to wait this long to hire Todd Munkin. So why did they? What happened? And does it tell us anything about Lamar Jackson? Not trying to be full tinfoil hat, but just wonder. And, of course, those of you that were listening to yesterday's show know exactly what I was talking about because we were having this conversation. Now, understandably... Sadly, for them, not everyone listens to the show every day. And so I understand that for those of you, oh, man, it's taking everything to not. Those of you might read that and say, uh, is this guy stupid? They were going to talk to Brian Johnson. They wanted to talk to Eric Bieniemy. That's why I didn't hire him two weeks ago. And I get there are a lot of really stupid people on Twitter. So, I get it. Now's the part where I end up chastising you. This is the thing where we think we know something. This is what Twitter has become. And it's not just me, it's everyone. Literally, um, trying to get an example of this, a baseball player could say today that he's signing in Oakland, and there will be somebody in the replies saying, who's your source? 
we have created, this is the world that Elon Musk wants, we've created a world where there are no, no one actually matters any longer. We all think we're just as smart and we know exactly as much as everybody else. And in some cases, we do. In a lot of cases, we don't. I, I need you guys to know, of course I know that it has something to do with Brian Johnson and or Eric Bieniemy. The part that we're not good at in Twitter is the part where it requires forward thinking. And I ended up engaging with a lot of people on this topic yesterday. I, at some point, I had to give up because it was just too much. This tweet just got out of hand. Which is, right, now what happened there? The Brian Johnson thing, as I said yesterday, is obvious. The other part is not obvious. No one has that answer. No matter how smart you want to feel, you don't know why it is that Eric Bieniemy, who, again, as of midweek last week, was, according to Adam Schefter, not a fly-by-night reporter, someone who literally vets everything he says through the team, so much so that he once called Washington President Bruce Allen Mr. Editor, said that Eric Bieniemy was, quote, a prime candidate, unquote, for offensive coordinator in Baltimore. So what happened? And again, when I ask the question, I'm not telling you I know something. I wonder. I wonder what happened. And the answer could be anything. As I pointed out yesterday, the answer could be that Eric Bieniemy was promised by the Chiefs that he could become head coach in waiting. And so he decided, then I, I don't want to leave. He decided, well, if it's not, you know, I, I thought maybe I wanted to get out from the shadow of Andy Reid, but honest to God, I've changed my mind. There's a million things that could have occurred. And they might have nothing to do with Lamar Jackson and his future. Zero. But I don't know that, and neither do you. And that's the reason why I asked the question. Now, to wit... It's not as important as whether or not the Ravens ultimately made a good hire. This, the Eric Bieniemy side of it, really does end today. I mean, I'm interested, or it ends once we know about Lamar Jackson's future, I guess. It's only relevant if it's in some way tied to Lamar Jackson. If it's not, well then, you know, who the hell cares? He's not the guy. Life goes on. And even if Eric Bieniemy you know, let's say they fumbled the bag somehow on Eric Bieniemy. All that matters is, is Todd Munkin a good hire or not? Because that's the guy they have. To be abundantly clear, this was a fun little silly tweet, as you could tell by me doing the Brian Windhorst finger pointing. Now, that obviously means you know something. Yes, obviously that means I'm, I've got some sort of, for God's sakes, it's a fun little tweet. But yes, the question ultimately is, is Todd Munkin a good hire? I don't know the answer to that question. I, I'm intrigued by Todd Munkin. I like things that I've heard so far about Todd Munkin. But I can't possibly know that. And neither, of course, can anyone else. I, I'm looking forward to learning more about Todd Munkin. There are certain things that interest me. But make no mistake... I, so much of this question is, okay, so it's Todd Munkin. Now what? T 
Todd Munkin with who? And I said that to you guys three weeks ago when we started this conversation. Like, it's difficult to talk about the offensive coordinator because I need to know who the quarterback is. I I like Todd Munkin, but if Todd Munkin is lining up next year with Derek Carr, I don't think it's going to matter. At all. I mean, like, could they win a playoff game? I guess maybe. I don't know. Sure, they could probably do that. But can they compete with the Chiefs? To me, not a chance in hell. So, yes, Todd Munkin is the offensive coordinator, and we will get to know more about him. In fact, in one minute here, we're going to talk to Eric Zier about him. But that's the difficult part of the conversation. The difficult part of the conversation is great. You've got an offensive coordinator. Now, about the real problem, about the actual thing that's going to determine your, your franchise's success moving forward, about the thing that actually matters, Can we address that? Sounds good. The guy that's well thought of, guy that appears to be, you know, adaptable. Is that the correct version of that word? Adaptable? It's all good things. Like it. Like it. But it don't matter if you don't have a quarterback. Who's your quarterback? How's that playing out? Because then... I feel like I'm going to be able to have more of a conversation about what this looks like or be more interested in what this looks like because an equation with Todd Munkin and no quarterback, just a placeholder, man, just a dude. Like, go have fun, but there's going to be a limit to what it is that you're capable of accomplishing. With that in mind, let's find out about Todd Munkin. Had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule. He's a busy man, but an opportunity to catch up with former Ravens quarterback Eric Zier, who is the football color analyst at the University of Georgia, his alma mater, and he's going to tell us about the new Ravens offense coordinator right now. Well, of course, yesterday the Baltimore Ravens announced they have a new offensive coordinator. His name is Todd Munkin, and he has spent the last three seasons at Georgia where our next guest got to know him. Man, it's awesome to bring this guy back in so quickly after we talked to him for the national championship. He is former Ravens quarterback and Georgia football color analyst Eric Zier, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Eric, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up again. Thank you for taking the time for us. Oh, uh, listen, my pleasure. It's always great to be on with you. Hey, man, I, we are, I think, pretty fired up. I think, for the most part, Ravens fans are excited about Todd Munkin, but I'll just put it to you. How excited should we be about Todd Munkin as the new offensive coordinator? Uh, you should be extremely excited. I, I'll tell you, Coach, Coach Munkin, in the time that that, that he was at the University of Georgia, it, it really just week in and week out, I mean, first and foremost, is a great leader and has the, the ability really to influence and get the most out of anybody that he, that, that he coaches on, on every front. So that his leadership style, uh, he, he is a, a player's coach, really does a good job relating with everybody. Uh, that, that is one of the things that I think you have to have as a, as a head coach, but but when you look at his, at his his ability to create game plans and create offenses that really fit the skill sets of uh, his players and the talent that he has, he's as good as as anybody in the in the country. And you just go look, take a look at his time at, at Georgia with the talent that came in and how he evolved his game plan to fit that talent. Um, it, it's it's pretty remarkable to see and and. He'll be, that will translate to to any level or anywhere that he ever coaches. So 
I, I expect for him to come into Baltimore and do a, a great job, no different than he did at the University of Georgia. Well, we like the sounds of that. Um, let's talk schematically. What should we expect from a Todd Munkin offense? Well, I, again, I, I think a lot of that's going to depend on the personnel. Okay. Um, but but he, he is a, he, he's a, a coordinator and a coach scheme-wise uh, that is going to want to be able to go run the football. He likes a lot of play action. Um, and and does a great job with that. Uh, but again, it goes back. He he is he's able to evolve his offensive schemes around his talent. But I think that if he had a blank canvas and he could create uh, a scenario where he could go run the football uh, and then play action off of that through multiple formations and create the matchups that he wants on the on the field, that's what he's going to go do. Eric, you, of course, know that the Ravens, you know, maybe not going all the way back to when you were here, but in more recent years, really adapted to the idea of AFC North football, right? To your point, running the ball, wanting to win in Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Cleveland and Cincinnati in December and January. Um, It sounds like that type of marriage where there can be, you know, an evolution of the passing game where it can take a step forward from what it was with Greg Roman here and being somebody who wanted to run basically on every down, um, but that's still based in the idea of that sort of strong AFC North style. There's no question about it. You know, I think a lot of people hear that, well, I want want to establish the run. I want to establish play action. It's kind of an old-school offense where you're not aggressive in your play calling. That doesn't have to be the case. You know, if you come back and just watch his tape, at the University of Georgia, we, we were as explosive as anybody in the country, but but there was a focus and intentionality around running the football so you could be balanced. But but it, it is Coach Bunkin wants to put the football in the air. He takes shots. He gets aggressive with his shot plays off of play action. So just because he wants to run the football and find some balance doesn't mean that he doesn't have the ability or the mindset to be super aggressive in the passing game. Uh, because that's exactly what he was able to go do with the University of Georgia. Uh, granted, some great talent at the tight end position. Sure. Uh, and, and had very solid talent outside of receiver. Uh, but he is going to get aggressive at throwing the football downfield if he can. Do we assume, you know, a lot was made about the idea that he used a lot of two tight end sets. And, of course, you know, as again, as you know, the Ravens have loved tight ends basically since they've existed as an organization. Um, do you assume sure. that he'd bring a lot of double tight end with him to the Baltimore Ravens? But if, 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 if he's got the capability, he's got the talent uh, at, at that position. Absolutely, absolutely. He, Coach Munkin is one of the the best that I have seen at creating matchups that he wants to have, and then attacking those matchups on on a pretty consistent basis. And if, when, when you've got tight ends that have got the ability uh, to to move around in formations and create matchup problems, he is an expert at, at doing that. Um, so absolutely, if that talent is there. Then, then I would expect that. And, and but, but the one thing really to keep in mind with Coach Munkin is he's going to win. He, he will evaluate the talent that he has, and he will put those guys in positions to succeed as as well as any coordinator that you could find. He is Eric Zier, former Ravens quarterback, Georgia football color analyst. He's with us here on GCR as we discuss the Ravens' new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. Um, Eric, to, to your point, I remember reading something, I think in Yahoo at one point, about how like his philosophy is really have good football players, right? Um, I would, right. I would think 
that that he would be excited about the opportunity to perhaps work with a Lamar Jackson. I know he's a far different. We still don't know for sure how it's going to play out with Lamar Jackson here in Baltimore. We know he's far sure. different, of course, than Stetson Bennett or even you know a Jameis Winston that he had in Tampa. But what do you envision, given Lamar's skill set, do you envision that it would make sense, that it would be a good fit with Todd Munkin and what he wants to do? I, I do. Listen, I, I think I think Lamar Jackson is one of the, the most gifted quarterbacks this game has seen. I, you know, his ability to to run the football and hurt you with his legs. He can spin it as well as as, as well as anybody, um, it, and he can just hurt you in so many ways. I, I I really think that that match, right? If it if it works out that way between Coach Munkin and a Lamar Jackson, is a match made in heaven because that that is what. You know, one of the things that we talked about a lot under Coach Munkin is that we really don't have our identity is is really our adaptability, mm-hmm. right? As as he was here, the offensive coordinator, that that we would go into any given game, and it was almost like you were seeing a brand new offense. That that's the, the kind of job that he does when he steps onto a a field. The game plans that he has, it, it really it's, it's where do I have talent? Where do they have weaknesses? And I'll, I'm going to adapt my individual game plan specifically for today. And and he, he does that so well. I, I think where coaches get trapped a little bit is when they, they have this identity that they want to go into every single game and just hammer that identity home. Coach Munkin doesn't get caught up in that. He gets caught up in winning football games, putting his players in the best spot to succeed, and understanding where opposing defenses have weaknesses. And then he just goes and attacks that. So – his ability to adapt uh, and then take, kind of taking that back to a Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson could hurt you in so many different ways. Uh, I, I would expect him, him to be used uh, in a variety of ways based on the defenses that you play. When the belief was that the Ravens were in the mix for Eric Bieniemy, there was a lot made from some of my friends in Kansas City about how Eric Bieniemy is kind of a hard-nosed type of coach. Like He's going to get in your face. He's going to challenge you. As far as relationships are concerned, and, and style, not scheme, but just style of coaching. What should we expect from Todd Munkin? I, I, I would I would probably lean towards more what you heard about Eric the enemy. Okay. He is going to go in and get the most out of his, his players. Uh, and he has an uncanny way of doing that. And I would say I think any great coach does that. Any great coach is going to, to really hold you as an individual player accountable to being at your very best. But then where Coach Munkin is, is really, really good is, is understanding what, what inspires you to, to be great. What's your why? What drives you every single day? And, and he's able to go leverage those things in a, in a very loving and caring way uh, to get you to that point where you are at your best every single day, every single game. Uh, but he'll hold you accountable at the, at the same time. And, and be in your face to get you at your very best. Was he popular among the players at Georgia? He was, yeah. absolutely. You know, I, I had a chance um, a couple of years ago to sit to a, sit a number of his of his quarterback meetings, and, and he takes a lot of time and a lot of care of really understanding who his players are, what motivates them, what, what inspires them, and how to get them at their very best. And, you know, when it's all said and done, that's what every player wants. They want a coach that loves and cares for them, uh, and gets them to the point that, that they couldn't get on their own. And Coach Munkin has done that through the course of his career. Just another minute or two here with Eric Zier, former Ravens quarterback, Georgia football color analyst. 
Um, Eric, would you be at all surprised? And I want to make this abundantly clear to Ravens fans. I'm not suggesting this would be like as a replacement for Lamar Jackson, but would you be at all surprised now if at like some point in the third or the fourth round of the NFL draft, the Ravens did take a flyer on a Stetson Bennett to follow up and just say, hey, man, it couldn't hurt. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think, again, I'll, I'll go back to why I think Lamar Jackson is uh, he's one of the most talented quarterbacks. And I, I've never met Lamar. I've just watched him as a fan from afar. I think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks that, that the game is that, that the game has seen. Uh, if an opportunity pre- presents itself to, to pull somebody like a Stetson Bennett in, I, I also think very highly of, of Stetson. He still, if he makes his evolution into the next level, there's still going to be a lot to lot to learn, and he's got he's got tremendous grit. He has to, uh, tr- tremendous determination. Uh, he's got great ball skills as well. He's not at a level as a as a Lamar Jackson today, no. yeah. uh, but to be able to go fortify a roster with, with somebody like a Stetson Bennett, um, that wouldn't surprise me a bit. Yeah, look, we we saw the Ravens had to play six games the backup quarterback this year, right? Like That's right. You, you never you never Absolutely. want to be in that situation, but obviously we know that these things uh, tend to happen. Um, and, and then really, I guess before I let you go, the, like the importance of the one thing that seems to be missing in the Ravens offense still is a top notch wide receiver. And, you know, we don't know if they're going to be able to be in the market, you know, for cap reasons, particularly if they, if they have to use the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson for one of those guys. Do you feel like Todd Munkin can make this work knowing how difficult, like, you know, you saw what the chiefs did the other night and my, my God, how many good quarterbacks there are in the AFC. Can he make this work? Even if he doesn't have that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins type here in Baltimore? He, he can. He, he can. Listen, it, it, you've got to have great players in, in order to be, to be great as a, as a football coach. But what Coach Munkin does is he can take his, his great players and put them in positions to win um, and, and allows other players that may not be elite at any given position. Uh, if, if he has enough weapons to work with, he can scheme around somebody's perceived weaknesses to get the absolute most out of him. He has done it through the course of his career, uh, and he can do it in Baltimore. I love the sounds of it. Eric Zier, this is what a treat. I know I told you before, I was a huge Eric Zier fan as a kid. So uh, may there be about four more excuses for me to give you a call over the course of the next Uh, year and chat uh, Well, I'm all in. I love love being on, so I appreciate you having me. And and you've got a good one in Coach Munkin, so I'll be watching from down, down here in Atlanta as we start getting into next year. That's uh, Eric Zier, of course, former Ravens quarterback and uh, Georgia football color analyst. Obviously thinks very highly, not surprisingly, of uh, the Ravens' new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. Um, I am, you know, I like the sounds of it, right? Like, you guys still go do it. That's the reality. I hear the same thing you hear, Griffin. It's something related to a chord somewhere, and I don't know what it is, but we'll have to deal with it. Like, that will have to be... An assignment for at some point later on today. We probably just need all new chords. I don't know what it is, but we'll deal with it at some point. Um, look, all sounds good. All sounds really good, in fact. But as I keep saying, it's it matters as much to me as who's the quarterback. I I, I hate to be so dismissive because it's significant, right? Like it is significant to have a new offensive coordinator. It is worthy of all of this conversation. But in this particular instance, it's exactly as valuable as who's the quarterback going to be that he's working with. Hypothetically, presuming it's Lamar Jackson, even if it's just Lamar Jackson for one year, 
what you like hearing is that adaptability that you say, look, I, you know, there's things that I'd like to do, but I, I'm willing to kind of mix it up a little bit. I'm willing to do the things that fit the players that I have on the field. This guy came in a little bit early. You think we can uh, think we can talk to Juju about uh, whether or not he could go a little bit later on in the show? We probably could, yeah. All right, that's fine. I'll call him up. See, maybe like 11.30 would work for Juju. All right. It's probably about when this guy's got to get out of here. Juju Reese, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He plays uh, basketball at the University of Maryland. Yeah, foul a minute, Juju. Is that is that what you're going with? What's well, his nickname? I don't think so. Down at College Park. I don't think oh, that's what they're calling Oh, him. foul a minute. How do, you, how do you do against Zach Eady a couple weeks ago? Did quite well, in fact. <laughs> Um. Yeah, th- I don't know. This is where I am. I I'm in this weird place. Drew Forrester is here because I, we didn't change the locks this week. <laughs> well, we're, I, we're, I got a contract. I might as well show up. <laughs> right. You got a contract, guaranteed too. I, it's, fully? Yep. Did you get a fully guaranteed deal? <laughs> I did. I thought you were opposed to that. Yeah, I told Cole. I, I, except for me. <laughs> except for you. Yep. Right. For you, it's okay. It's one of those uh, yeah, do as I say, not as I do. Colson said, "What's it going to take?" I said, "Guaranteed right, deal." Fully guaranteed deal. He's so like, "Well, he Glenn doesn't have one of those." I'm like, I "Sure as hell don't." I'm being honest with you. I'm not sure I have a deal anymore. I said, longer. and he shouldn't. Right. <laughs> Correct. Always. Uh, no would, offense, though. No, of course not. It's always good to see you. I'm in this I weird need place. To write on something. What? Do you, what? <laughs> we have to give him drugs before he comes in here. We have to have a rule. All right. Like you know how some places they they pee test. Got people to I'm, I'm to gonna, see if they're on drugs. Let me get him paper. I, no, no, no. Listen to me. Okay. He has to be pee tested to make sure he's on drugs when he comes in here. All right. That's gonna be the rule moving forward. When he walks in that door, you hand him the cup. That's what they do in the NBA. And you make sure. That's what they do in the NBA. Yeah, they it, test you right. and they come back and they go, yeah, "I got bad so, news for yeah, you." Yeah, correct. You can't. You play. didn't test positive exactly for weed. Right. You're like, You're right? And they're You're like, out. then you can't play. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um. No, I need you to make sure. Just make sure. I'm good. I just got something on my mind that I got to oh, do. Yeah, with. what do you have on your mind? No, 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 it's coward hall stuff. Okay, coward hall. I'm stuff. in. I'm in a strange place discussing Todd Munkin. Okay, because I get it. Are I you mean, in favor? Not in favor? I, I, I'm. I, I think it. I'm in favor. Like well, I'm I think, the same way. I think you and I, I, are gonna, I can't believe we're going to do this right? today. Like, like, you're not, we're not going to argue about it. Well, I, I don't think there's anything to argue about Todd Munkin. Like I think I'm in favor of Todd Munkin. I would like to know what happened with Eric Bieniemy. Like I'd like to get that answer, but. It doesn't really matter all that. But haven't you figured that out? I mean, by now. What do you mean? With by enemy. What do you mean with the enemy? How does somebody go from being a prime candidate six days ago? But what, wouldn't you suggest not, something's wrong and it's not what? It's not what. But they would know that they make, wouldn't. He wouldn't have been a prime candidate if there's if the problem is Eric the enemy, right? They didn't learn that. But don't you two learn days that ago. when you? interview him and speak with him like i think there's a difference you you think the guy that's interviewed for like 50 jobs hasn't whatever, ha, hasn't been hired for one I, of them i understand that right but you think that guy you don't know all of those things you have to wait i, to I don't talk know if you do i don't know to find that I, I do think you i think that's a reach i, I think, think it's, so i think it's a reach to suggest i don't think it is at all i think a lot of teams passed on that wide receiver from um that the steelers took because the word was he's a moron the steelers took him like people, well, I, okay. This is going to sound dumb. Can you uh, open that up for me in a minute? In a minute, I'll do that. I feel weird with that. Well, the problem is during closed. the day, the, the the sun comes out and then it's blinding you. Like the okay. way. It, it, so I will do that in a minute. It's if not you would, be my concern. It, it just I, makes me feel odd. The the, the pro, you're going to have to to paint this out, 
right? You're going to have to portray. Well, what do you think it is? Why do you think no one's hired him? I don't know. That's the reason. This is the point. I, I'm asking the question, and I did this yesterday, and everybody kept saying, like, you're, you're suggesting there's a controversy. No, I'm not. I want to know the answer. I want to know what happened. Glenn Clark wants answers. I do. Right. I want to know how someone goes from, again, Adam Schefter doesn't say stuff because he's you or I, right? Like, literally, the teams edit Adam Schefter. He's not a reporter anymore. He is a go-between. The teams tell him things. It's the reason why he called Bruce Allen Mr. Editor in an in a, a email that we found out about years ago, or just recently, I guess maybe a year ago. Adam Schefter says he's a prime candidate for the job. The belief that the Ravens finally got to talk to Eric Bieniemy what, on Monday? And said, man, you know, I, th- sure, we had heard plenty of things, but now we know he can't be the guy. When he was a prime candidate for the job a week ago, that doesn't hold water to me. Like, it doesn't work. Okay. Again, I don't know what the answer is. I, it might very well be that they just made a decision on Monday, that they said – Man, we really like him, but we just really like this guy better. There could be an easy solution. I just like to know. It's what I keep coming back to. I just like to know. But on the Todd Munkin thing, I don't know how to talk about Todd Munkin because I don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Well, that's what I said. I wrote that this morning. I, I, I and this is what I would say about Munkin in particular. I would assume, and you and I talked about this last week. Anyone who called in about that job, that was the second question they probably asked. First question is. What's it pay, and how long? How long's my deal? Second question is, who's the quarterback? I would assume anyone with an established job of some sort that was their second question: who's going to be the quarterback? Right? Munkin is the one guy that maybe the answer to that didn't. Matter. And by the way, that's why I think the Eric B. Enemy thing is yeah. This this could not have mattered because in and I. I said this today, like I do think I wrote this morning, I, I think there is something to be said, and you can take this in all walks of life, it's not just in sports, but I'm going to use it in sports, there is something to be said for a, a, a failed, and I'll, Belichick's a really good example of this, but there, there's plenty of examples, but there's something to be said for a failed coach or player who's given the opportunity or created an opportunity for themselves to reprove themselves. There's something to be said for that. That if you have, if you have any heart at all, you're going to say, "Yeah, no, I failed in Cleveland, but if I get another chance in the NFL, I, I, I'm taking it and I'm going to do something with it." Right. So in this guy's case, I don't. That might be what really drove him, and not he may not care who the quarterback is because he might be saying, "I'll make I'll make lemonade out of any of these people. Mm-hmm. I just made it out of that kid, the quarterback for me at Georgia." I'll make lemonade out of any of these people. Well, but you can, if, you can win in college football without having correct. Right. And I like, said you, today, you can't do that. In the and NFL. I, but I did say today. You know, one of the reasons why he was really good at Georgia is he had really good players. He didn't have. He might not have had the best eleven offensive players in football on his roster, but he had five really good NFL caliber players. Facts. Right. Well, I, 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 I say this tongue in cheek, but any goof can coach that. Right. When you're in the NFL. All 11 of your guys are good, so are all 11 of the other guys. Yeah, fact. And they might be better. Right. So I think he's the one guy out of the group that they interviewed who might have said to them right from Jump Street, and by the way, I just made $2 million a year at Georgia. You can pay me $2 million, $2.4, whatever you think is fair. And also I want you to know, I don't really care who the quarterback is. I want to come back into the NFL. I want a chance to prove myself that what happened in Cleveland was more Freddie Kitchens than it was me. 
And I, I think there's something to be said for that. And maybe he, maybe that's what wooed them to him. I don't know. Okay. Now, hey, that, that's just something in my... Let's flush this through. Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it, Drew. And remember that if you are a loved one... When you one, said gambling could be fun, right away, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like Pavlov's dog. I'm it's like, like, it's like, what? I bet you we can have some. Right, right, right. Uh, you should set a limit, stay within it. Remember, if you are a loved one, has a gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I... I, boy, I don't like saying these words. I agree that it's possible. And, in fact, when people like yesterday were bringing up the idea that he turned down Tampa for the job, I'm like, okay, they, they don't have a quarterback in Tampa for sure. Like, might not have a quarterback in Baltimore. Definitely don't have a quarterback in Tampa. So the idea that him turning down Tampa is proof that he knows something about Lamar Jackson in Baltimore is silly, right? Like, there's definitely no quarterback in Tampa. There may or may not be a quarterback here in Baltimore. We don't know. To the second point, I, I could think the and, – And also, it's fair to say – you maybe you could make this argument about the Ravens, but I don't think you can. I, I think that Tampa is an Tampa looks to me to be kind of an unsettled situation. Yes, right? I agree with they, that. They had a, they won the championship with one coach. The next year he was gone, but he still kind of hangs around. Is is he really in charge? Not in charge? Who's the coach? Hey, they just had a losing season. They only won eight games. They the best quarterback in the history of football quit. Who do they have? Like, I think that's an unsettled situation. And in that regard, if I were his agent, I would say, Todd, what the hell are you doing? Correct. You're at Georgia. Right. You're gonna you 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 can kind of name your Understood. you can name your next landing spot. Right. But why would you go to Tampa right. when you don't really know what's going on there? Yeah, they, they at could, least they in could Baltimore, end up rebuilding, right? Right. Now, right. At least in Baltimore, when you call when you're his agent, you say, okay, ownership stable, check. Coach, been there forever. Check. Um, yeah, general manager. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They I had mean, a like session. They're, they're, well, say what yes, you will. Everything is stable. Correct. Right. So Correct. I do think if you're and everybody does this, or at least I don't know if he's got a wife and kids, but I mean everybody does this, right? Unless you're single and you have no one to answer to, you at some point you've got to go run. The, if if you got some lucrative offer tomorrow from some school in New Jersey, you would. You couldn't just call him and say, I'll do it. You'd have to go to your wife and say, hey, look, this is the deal. Let's think this thing through. You stay here. I'll go there. In your case, you'd be, you know, you'd love to do that. Right? You, I'll take the two kids. You still. <laughs> is that what we're doing? What we're doing? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, you, you got to vet this through people, right? So if you go to your wife and you say, hey, I don't know, Tampa's interested. And she's like, okay, is it five years, 10 years? Right. And you go, well, I don't know. It might be two. Right. She's like, I like Athens. Yeah, correct. I like yeah. two million yeah, a year. I'm happy here. Exactly. Right. But we're going yeah. to Baltimore, and the coach has been there forever. Probably not going anywhere soon, unless he wants to. Um, good franchise. Oh, somebody did ask me to call you out on your prediction that this was going to be John Harbaugh's final season. I'm well, it's fine. Who it was. What, nope. what, do you, what do you have to say for yourself? For I, I was wrong. He said he. Uh, he said he bet. He. he hang on. Uh, tell Drew I lost my house on his John Harbaugh's last. Oh, season. well, that's your fault if you're a moron and you bet your <laughs> yeah. house on and anything. You, and you listen to Drew. Yeah, what right. The hell's yeah, wrong? You're with you're an idiot, not me. Yeah, right. Um, no, I said if it continued, I didn't say it was going to be his last season. I said if it continued like uh, that. No, no, no. You made no, multiple no, no. proclamations. I'll pull it up and, yeah, no, no, I, I, 100%. Right. I said if this went sideways and they didn't make the playoffs, mm. absolutely I said that. Mm, I but I did not say I flat out. I don't think that's no, the case. I'm, I'm telling you 1 million percent it's the case. The, I'm not, but anyway. I'm not going to pretend like we're going to go back and search. So Well, but anyway, had had... had 
they gone sideways and not made the playoffs, I think it might have been his last season because I think he might have walked out. But anyway, go ahead. Let's go talk about whatever we were talking about. Oh, the, Todd yeah, the point of all of this always comes back to me. Like I, You could hire the greatest offense coordinator in the history of football. If you don't have a quarterback next year, it's not going to matter. And I, I don't know how to keep saying I can't. I can't believe that anyone would sit down and watch the Super Bowl on Sunday night and wake up on Monday morning and be like, yep, you see, that's why you, you got it. You're just as good off having it Derek Carr next season. Like, just just give it a shot. Right. right. You, this is what you're up against. This well, that is, is if the you reality think Derek of the Carr's world. washed up. Right. It's not even I mean, if you think he's washed. Even if you think he's as good as he possibly can be, he's nothing like that. Right. He's never been anything approaching that. Right. Not in the same stratosphere as that. Right. At his best, which he most certainly wasn't a year ago. But when he was at his absolute best, he couldn't be anything like that. The idea of sitting back and watching that and thinking, well, you know, just just go get Derek Carr and get some draft picks and, and see what you can do. I'm befuddled by the lack of understanding. And when I come back to the Todd Munkin thing, I say, great, you've got Todd Munkin. He's your offensive coordinator. Now, do you have a quarterback? Because if you've got one, I think you got a chance with Todd Munkin. If you don't, I don't think you have a chance in hell. And is your opinion that the only guy is Lamar? Either that or you better knock it out of the park on a draft pick. Like, you better find someone who's so good immediately. I, and, 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 and who would you do that with? That you would really feel uber confident these guys, about, none of honestly. Them. Uber, not not, not yeah. any of these guys. I mean, and that's why the Lamar thing. I still say, like, they're going to figure this out. They're going to resolve it. He's not going to get what he wanted, but they're going to get him. And and I actually think at this point now, what you're going to see is some sort of stopgap deal where they give him three years and 150 million dollars, and in some way, shape, or form. 119.5 of that's guaranteed to him. And they'll revisit it in three years. Because they're going to give him 45 this year by hook or by crook, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you know he gets 45. Right. So why don't we just give you another 45 and half of that in your hand or you know, guaranteed to you, and you do this for three years. And if I'm the Ravens, that's if I'm Lamar, I may not want that. And if and, I'm the and, NFLPA, I may not yeah, want that. But if a, I'm the Ravens, that's an ideal situation I, for me. I hear you. And if I'm not, and if I, and and look, I would even go as far as saying this. I would even go as far as saying this. I'll give you the whole 150 million. Right, if it's for three years. Yeah, yeah I, I you, get you what that. I get I, what that I, would we'll, be. We'll do this for three years, and that to me might make it interesting. I, I would do that because I don't think if Lamar, I'm the Ravens, I don't think Lamar would do it for the first set of circumstances. Okay, right? but like it, why? Why would you do it if you're Lamar Jackson? But if you're making because you haven't played in December in two years, but you keep trying to make that seem like a <laughs> right. thing. Like the Ravens want that but to matter. You want that to matter. It does matter. It, no, on the open market, it doesn't effing matter. Uh, of course, it matters. No, it, matters it if, doesn't. It matters. What matters is he's a quarterback, and these teams desperately need quarterbacks. Because they're all saying the same thing. Right. But I would the, give him that deal and say, hey, I'll guarantee you the $150 million for three years because I'm going to give you 45 this year no, no matter what. And unless you – and under no circumstances do I even think this is possible, but to throw it in as a caveat. And unless you somehow forgot how to quarterback in a year, I'm giving you that the following year too mm-hmm. if I can't sign you. I'm going to do this two times. We're going to play this game for two years. We're going to franchise you this year, mm-hmm. and if for some weird reason we can't agree on a deal, right? Because you, yeah. Keep... So you already have the numbers in front of so you. So I'm going to give what... you another sixty the next year. Correct. I'm going to give you one hundred and five in your hand for sure. So what's the third year? Who right. cares? I'll give you another forty. I don't right. care. So I know I got you for two years. I'll give you one more year for free. 
ju- not free, but I'll give you one more year on us to kind of just say, let's get it done. And it gives them three years to see what he does. But- and if in three years he is he is still not playing in December every year or still or his game has in some way, shape, or form not lived up to that kind of a value, then you can get rid of him. Or not get rid of him, but you, you can move him on. I, I- it's interesting. I still think the answer back is going to be... But my- I do think they're going to sign him. My point is, I, I, I think they're going to sign Lamar. I also now think that it might be one of those three-year things where they just say, hey, we'll do it for three years. And, and, and they'll say to him, and maybe the NFLPA will too, this is a great idea for you because you're going to be 29 years old and you're still going to be able to go kill people. Yeah. At the bank, yeah, and I think what they would also say is if you blow your knee but a, out, but then a you're five done. no, but a five year deal is really a three year deal, right? Like that, that's the way it's always worked. These quarterbacks, after three years into a five year deal, you go back and you figure out what it is that it looks like. So why am I giving something back in the process of having room to negotiate in three years? Like I, I, I get it. I get everything you're saying, and I get if, why you the Ravens. You would say, hey, look, if we got to do fully guaranteed, we'd rather do it for three than do it for five. I still just don't know. Well, they're not giving it to him for five. But, but that's the problem. Somebody right. would like you keep coming back. And well, to the they idea. may and they may do that. I mean, in their mind, they and that's why that's why I said to you from the beginning, like, who would you go get if if they had four options? If the if the Jets had the third pick, and and there was an option there, and you wanted to parse him off and get rid of him and move him on, um, and you had a guy, well, okay. The problem is they don't have somebody. That's Are they the going to trot Huntley out there? But all of that is why, at some point, this keeps coming back to the strength that Lamar Jackson has for as much as you or whoever else wants it to matter that he hasn't played in December the last two years. The strength is, but there are half of the league doesn't have a quarterback. Half of the league. It is as bleak at the quarterback position as it has been in this era of football. Half of the league needs a quarterback. There are so de- many desperate teams to find you count one. Mariota. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about Mariota. That's it's, a great point. They liked him so much they tried. It's actually seven. They tried Desmond Ritter right. last year. Who actually was okay for them for yeah. a while it went, until he threw the ball. Right. Oh, like, until he had to do something, and then it wasn't much there. There, it is. It is as bleak as the quarterback position has ever been, and they all see the same things that we did while we were watching the game on Sunday night. We have no hope at all because that dude is 27 and not going anywhere. Even if we bring him back, if we trot those same receivers out there, it's not going to matter. I don't don't disagree with you. Honestly, (laughs) it's not going to matter. If we can bring him back and give him $400 million. So then what do you do? I mean, that's what they're facing. And that's... And and the I guess the whole the dichotomy of this is interesting, right? In that if they were to give Lamar all of this money, it then potentially could impact their ability to go out and add multiple wide receivers of value, right? So they're robbing Peter to pay Paul. They 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 know they need multiple wide receivers of value. And how are they going to go get those if they got to give the quarterback forty five or fifty million dollars? Now I get it, forty five million as a franchise player is different than $45 million on, on a new salary because you can finagle the cap whatever way you want. But they need – they need they really are desperate at wide receiver. I, I, mean, I completely agree. There's, I wholeheartedly there is, agree. There is no, I'm not suggesting they should cut Duvernay, so when I say this, don't get me wrong. There is no one that they would could or would cut this offseason where I would say, man, you guys are insane. 
Yeah, I can't believe you guys cut well, that. No, 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 Bateman. Yes, you. One, it would be insane to cut. Uh, uh, okay, but it, it would uh, be bad. Uh, okay, I almost okay. said. Okay, all right. I, I'll agree with right. that. What do you? I'll agree with that. Uh, other than to say, other than to say, the fact that he's had this injury problem I, I, is concerning. I, I, but you're right. There you're, is you're a not point giving to up, be made. You're not right. giving up on a you have second a, year. You have guy. a point that you're making about Bateman that's relevant. It's just that you can't no, 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 translate you're right. that. You're to right. You're cutting right. But anyone else other than him. If they announced today they cut that guy, I would say, eh, okay. I mean, no, my no God. big deal. They, they don't have anybody else. Right. I mean, <laughs> Duvernay is a nice piece, but Duvernay's Duvernay. And, and like, Duvernay he's, he's he just would, a guy. But it wouldn't make sense to cut him either because he is a good. Returner, no, no, no. But right? I'm just like, saying, like, if so, they if they used him, if they if they used as Duvernay a, as a, a trade, throwaway in a trade, absolutely. Right. By you all would means, go, of course. Uh, okay. Yeah, fact, I there, mean, would, there would be no. He's Rio Ruiz. It would be insane to cut him. Only. Yeah, I wasn't saying that like that. Only because he's. I just meant if. That if they somehow dismissed all of their receivers but Bateman, you would go, mm, yeah, okay. You would whatever. almost encourage it. Yeah. You almost <laughs> what do we get in return? You maybe should plan on flushing all of your wide receivers except right. for Rashad Bateman. We should be here. But I get it. Like You can only do so many of these things. I hate the fact that this is our Todd Munkin conversation. I wish I could care more about Todd Munkin. I wish. And I appreciate he, we had. He's, he can come in here and do all, of, all that he wants. And, and if they ask him to make chicken salad and they give him pieces of pork, he ain't making chicken salad. 100%. Right. Like, this is the reality of the circuit. The Todd Munkin thing is as interesting to me as whoever is on the field next season. I, I, I like him. I like what Eric Zier said about him. We just had uh, Eric Zier, a former Ravens quarterback, oh, sure. Georgia color. I mean, unless he's like show. Kyle Shanahan and he can do, you know, with a fourth-string quarterback I, with the 49ers. I, I, I hear you. Like, I, I hear you. There is still something to be said for, like, in that situation, you still have to have George Kittle and yeah. Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and all those things. I get that, like, we're trying to portray Kyle Shanahan as being genius of genius and – you know, there might something. be there's yeah. something to it, right? I do think that part of it is we're acknowledging that Brock Purdy's probably a little bit better than, you know, seventh, round seventh uh, Mr. Irrelevant in the draft. Like part of that is the case. So it all matters in the conversation, right? Like it's all relevant in discussing it. But sure, if we find out that Todd Munkin is just so scary smart, which feels weird that we would learn that this deep into his career. It's interesting you brought like his the fact that he failed. A lot of people are trying to hold up Baker Mayfield's success, like his statistical success for that season, and frankly, even Jameis Winston's 30-touchdown season, yes, that also involved 30 interceptions, as proof of how good Todd Munkin can be as an offensive coordinator. And this goes back to, like, numbers can tell you anything depending on how you look at them. There's probably something to be said for that, right? Like, he he did probably get about as much out of Jameis Winston as anyone has ever gotten out of Jameis Winston. He's got about as much out of Baker Mayfield as anybody ever got out of Baker Mayfield. But those teams were also very bad in getting their ass kicked regularly. And so statistics were probably skewed by how much they were getting their ass kicked and how much they were asking these guys to throw. So I don't know what to make. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm just – I was saying that more from his standpoint, mm-hmm. not from the standpoint of evaluating him. Anyone who evaluates these guys based on what they did in the past is goofy. You, you – you're talking about two totally different franchises. You're talking about different opponents, different – you can talk about all that, what he did with this quarterback, that mm-hmm. quarterback. You keep talking about that all you want. It's not even germane to this topic. He's going to be inheriting a – you can term this however you want. He's going to be inheriting a very good offensive line. He's going to be inheriting – if they keep Edwards around and he's not a cap guy, he's going to be inheriting two very good running backs – 
He's inheriting. One thing that's been pointed out, he definitely has thrown the ball to running backs. He has more of a history of throwing the ball to running backs. And okay. if, if there's any knock to have on what the Ravens are bringing, neither one of them are, are good at that. It, so can that's you, why you get Bijan. Can you make one of them go yeah, to right, your point? Right, right. Do you feel like you have to say we've got to mix things up okay. somehow because we need a better yeah, pass? Maybe Gus is out and they bring somebody else right. in or whatever. Um, Justice Hill's not bad. At, now, I'm not suggesting Justice Hill moves into the number two spot. He's actually not bad He's out of the back of catching the ball. Catcher, I agree. Right. Um, and you got the you got one of the five best tight ends in football on your team. Yep. Right. You have we. You think this likely kid is likely going to likely oh, be God. what? Oh, God. What? Good to see you, buddy. Thank you for coming. <laughs> in. Appreciate. It. I mean, you likely think. Oh yeah. Any more? Uh, we got time, bro. Keep going. Anyway, you 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 do. Th- I can't even say it with a straight face because I want to say likely, but you do think it's likely that he's going to be good. Now you got two of them, and you do have if he's healthy, you have a very competent wide receiver in one. So he's inheriting, and and you could have a top five quarterback in the top whatever quarterback in the league. Yes, he's inheriting a. This is not a car if, if that needs a new engine. It, by by all if that's in it, what you're talking about right now is exactly the reason for optimism. Yeah, as I long mean, as Lamar Jackson is back, so as long I, as they I, do. I, but something. I bring that up to say to people, don't don't worry about what he did before with this person, that person, this quarterback. That to put all that aside. Just here's what he's working with. Does does his history at Georgia, recent history at Georgia, bode well for him? Absolutely, but again, it's college football. It's he, 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 there were four games a year that mattered to Georgia that they tried, no, they, and they, they, they won, they won all. most of them, right? Yes. But I mean, the other six games, their B team was going to win. So I, I think it's a good hire, but I, but I also would say I have no idea if it's a good hire. Yes, and it, here's how I know it'll be a good hire. If he does a good job and the offense scores points. There you go. That's that's why we pay that's, him. That's why he's got a fully guaranteed contract. And we do this all the time. I hear you. We do I, this with the draft every year. We had a great draft. Right. We had a great no draft. They haven't played a exactly game yet. Right. Exactly. You have no clue. Remember, the, the, what was the year where they had the five fourth-round picks? It was the greatest round in the history of the NFL draft, and they have essentially nothing. I think with Tavon Young was in that group, and right. he was a decent player for a little while, and that was it. That's all they had to show from that group. And you know, Todd McShay, who uh, B. John Robinson, Todd McShay says, it's the greatest round I've ever seen in the history of a draft. Nothing. Zero to show from it. Bring it up all the time. Right. All right. Drew Forrester is here. Drew'sMorningDish.com. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Drew, did you know you could bet on college lacrosse? Who am I asking? You knew well, you I, could bet I on college I know for sure you could you bet had, on that Maryland you, you Loyola had, game You had Carolina week. last night, didn't you? What was the final there? Uh, they were they ended up coming back and winning like 10-7. I was going to say 10-8, 10-7. Yeah, yeah, 10-7. They were down 6-3 at the half, and the Hopkins just ran out of legs in the second half. And Carolina came back. Too bad, unless 10-7. you had Carolina minus one and a half. Nailed it. Nailed <laughs> it. <laughs> Look at you. I don't, would they have been favorites on the road no, last I, night? They, I don't think they would have I been heard been. they weren't. Yeah, you were. <laughs> Place uh, bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars in instant bonus. Or bet a hundred and be a man. When you go to press box, <laughs> I don't think you get more than two hundred dollars in instant bonus bets. Though I'm doing a read now. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Bet five dollars. We're and doing get business now. Sorry. Dollars in instant bonus bets when you go to pressboxonline.com/offers and sign up with DraftKings. This is your chance to have fun and make a few bucks betting on your favorite college lacrosse teams. Go to pressboxonline.com/offers and click on the DraftKings link to get your two hundred dollars in lacrosse bonus bets. Yeah, I'm not too down. Like Hopkins again was was rolling in the first half last night and then they just completely ran out of legs in the second half after having played on Saturday 
some some maybe questions to be asked about the scheduling thought process there, whereas Carolina played on Friday against Mercer, who is not nearly as good, and Hopkins played right. Saturday against Georgetown. Right. So I, I still think that this is going to be a hell of a battle on Saturday between Hopkins and Loyola. Over now, the Loyola went over Maryland. I know around here a lot of people were hopping up and down about how impressive it was, but Maryland is down, right, or no? They're down? I mean, they're still Maryland, but, I mean, they're down. But I don't, like, down to me is I think everybody on the planet would still tell you they're definitively a Final Four team this year. Okay, well, that, that, that's, that's not really down. Then. It's, but it's down from being But they're down a couple of guys that shoulders. mattered, right? But, and then the other day, didn't they win 18 of 24 face-offs and still lost? They won which 18 is like, of, of 22 face-offs. 18 of 22. <laughs> that's unheard of. They won 18 of 22 That's face-offs. unheard of. Fire the face-off guy. <laughs> for, for Wait, for what? For not being able to win when you collect 18 of 22. I mean, Luke Weirman is the best face-off guy in the country. Fire him. I don't think. No, but it's just funny how people around here, and I get it. it, You know, it's a huge win, Loyola. And and you know this because you're over there. Like, Loyola's been kind of up and down recently. No, this is massive. This was a huge win for them. This is extraordinarily massive for Loyola. But I do think it's fair to point out Maryland's not – People, okay, but they did just beat a ranked team the previous week, like nineteen to four or something. Okay, well like maybe that. it was a shocker. Then. <laughs> I think it's every ounce the shocker that that okay. people think it is. Fair enough. To the point, Maryland was not going to go nineteen and zero this year. It's I think the way that you, this is not as good as they were a year ago, but they still have the best faceoff guy in the country. We thought they had the best goalie in the country. Well, they didn't play all that well on Saturday, so I'm not sure what to make of that. All right, when we come back in, I have other things I want to address with Drew. Uh, I guess we'll talk about I saw what you wrote about the Super Bowl thing, so we can talk about it for the fun of it. What did I write about? You're, you're mad that we agreed about something. We'll definitely not agree about that. About what? Uh, the call at the end of the game. Um, oh. We'll, oh, I didn't. Uh, all right, I didn't stop. Like... we got to take a break, and we'll talk about it on the other side. Okay, okay. Jesus. And then I'll let you try to explain to me if it matters that Tiger Woods is playing golf tomorrow. We'll find out about that. Where? <laughs> Tigers playing? Yeah, no, weird. Holy cow. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's all coming up. Drew's here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service. A career for life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Stakes. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our Winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day holiday racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR. Drew Forrester is here. Drew's MorningDish.com. Hey, you heard it in that. Can you run out and see if there's a, 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 a copy of the print issue sitting out there, if you don't mind? We do have a new print issue that is available today at uh, your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Gunnar Henderson is on the cover. Luke Jackson profiled uh, the number one prospect in baseball, who, of course, be graduating from that role here in a few days as he's going to be on the major league club to start the season but uh, 21 years old and has already elevated himself to this place despite not being even a first round pick in the major league baseball draft so great story from luke jackson about gunner henderson again go get that print issue of press box today at your neighborhood royal farms any of those hundreds of locations special across section inside where you meet the players from around the area and Bo Smolka on the Ravens in the wide receiver position, which I don't know if you've heard is somehow an issue once again. Oh, and there it is right there. Thank you, Griffin. There's uh, that print issue with Gunnar Henderson on the cover, which is available today everywhere around town where you find PressBox. And again, at PressBoxOnline.com. Um, hell of a football game. It was a hell of a football game. It was a hell of a football game. game. I agree. I'll tell you what. And I know, you know, I know there were def- – Defensive aficionados who would rather have seen it being been twenty to seventeen. Are those, but it was do a, those people still exist? I, I know. I'm I not sure. Score as many points exist. as you want. Right. It was a hell of a game. Yeah. I, I I came away. I mean, weird as it sounds, and I know he coughed up the ball, and that was a huge turning point or huge play because they oh, were about the, to go up twenty one. It four, was definitely the best seven. I had ever seen Jalen Hurts. It, unquestionably, by far, unquestionably, like, totally looked in the I, element. I don't know if you remember, Look, we were having a conversation about like I think Jalen Hurts is really good, but would they have made the Super Bowl with Jared Goff? Jared Goff wasn't going to do that on Sunday. There's no world. Jalen Hurts looked like a rock star on Sunday. I would say that he really looked the part. Yep. Looked like he was – the moment was not too big for him at all. Um I – you know, if you said to to me what was your number one takeaway from the game, I I think that's my number one takeaway. I know he lost. 
And I know the offense wasn't great in the second mm-hmm. half, but I thought that that kid really acquitted himself well. And if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm really excited. Like, if they can continue to put this kind of – you know, I mean, they're, 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 yeah, they're going to have to pay charm. him. Like, this is... It is fair to look at what they did this year schedule-wise and who they beat and how they beat them. They, they led a very, very charmed life. They did. If you look at their schedule. And you add in the fact that they decided to be the first team to really go all in with a quarterback on his rookie contract. They did the thing that we kept asking the Ravens to do, that, we've, that every fan base has asked their team to do. They were the team that said... We'll trade away draft picks. We'll do whatever we got to do. We want to put the absolute best roster on the field that we possibly can while we've got a quarterback on a rookie. They had a loaded roster everywhere. They just weren't able to play defense in the second half because that's Patrick Mahomes and that's the NFL in 2023. They did everything. that They, had to, they were setting sack records for the season, and they couldn't get a sack in the second half right. because – they were facing Patrick Mahomes right. and Andy Reid I mean, and uh, the rules the, in the NFL in 2023. And, and the, you know, some people would say the other takeaway is how how good Mahomes is. And sure. Well, we, but, we didn't learn but, that on Sunday. We, we, I was just going to say, but we knew yeah, that already. Correct. Now, is it? it's interesting how this works, right? He's now played in three Super Bowls. He's won two of them, right? Is he? Is he yeah, he's yeah, won two and lost only one. The, the one only Tampa, one he lost yes. was to Tampa. Yes. Um, which sort of kind of doesn't count because that was a, more about the football gods than anything. Um, well, it's also, they didn't have any offensive line. But it, it, but <laughs> interesting. on his ass on every play. But interesting the difference between if if he were to had he lost this game, he'd be one and two oh, in the sure, Super Bowl. Yeah. So right, it, it like, would definitely start to become part of his narrative. Right, There's and, no and doubt. I heard someone say the other day, and I could be wrong on this, but I think I heard someone say, had he lost to the Bengals. He would be the first quarterback to have ever lost three FC Championship games. We we had a was that had, accurate or I not? I think it was at home. I think was what it was. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, maybe, I think it, maybe, yeah, I maybe. Think, I think it was a home. I don't think it was three. But I guess I bring that up to say people were already looking for a way to take a leak on this kid. Right, like yeah, I mean, you I know, lost three championships. Right, I, like they would have done the same thing if he lost to the find other day. Something to sure. attempt to you, you know. You can't be this good, right? But it also goes back to our we are obsessed with the idea, and this is relevant to the Ravens conversation. There are people that are obsessed with the idea that you can't pay a quarterback a certain amount of money and still win a Super Bowl because they're slaves to this data. Like, look at these numbers. It says if you pay uh, your quarterback more than 14% of the salary cap, you're not going to be able to win the Super Bowl because what they got caught up on was how many times Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Instead of actually, like, trying to learn something from the data, they just blindly said, well, it's not possible. You can't do it. What the data said was what we all know. You're better off if you don't have to pay your quarterback that much money because – you can probably put a better roster around him. Right. What it didn't say is you can't do it. It said if you can get Tom Brady and get him to play for less than market value at the quarterback position, you're going to be in better shape than right. everybody else is. Right. Is that available to you? Right. No. So I thought it was what? a hell of a game, man. I, I would say it's been – it was – you know, I don't know how you rank them, but it, it's one of the best Super Bowls I think we've ever seen for sure. Now the thing. Now what? Now the thing. The thing. Go you ahead. know, the thing. I have no idea what you're talking the about. The call at the end of the oh, game, oh, oh, the nah. thing. I would say this, that what what would bother me about that call is I think that play happens 15 times a game and isn't called. I don't think that, that, I don't absolutely. Think that play does. It happens all the time. I think it There happens. is clutching and grabbing on every 
every single passing play. I, I feel very confident yep. in saying that if you have a discerning eye for football on every single passing play, you could call a penalty. I, I think that part is true. I think that specific play and why it was – and I don't think that kid was going to catch the ball in the first place. Well, I don't know if he was going to catch the ball or not. He had. I thought that holding was very marginal. So there is no. I I, I can't believe. But that again, we would I'm not this. saying. But I, I I don't think. But I don't think that's what. I don't think that's the that ended the game. That ended the game. And and by the way, but that's a bummer. Okay, but well, yeah, right. It's and that's bummer. what I'm saying. That that ended the game. That wasn't the reason why the Chiefs won, but mm-hmm. it ended the game. Mm-hmm. That if if that play isn't called. And I don't remember the exact down and distance. Uh, I, know, I mean, I know it was third down. If that play isn't called, it's a 45-yard field goal. Let me, uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Were they on the 28, 24? Yeah. Where were they? In that some, range, something right? like that. Right. And okay. he just missed a, a 48-yard or whatever. I don't care who you are. 42-yard. And I, missed, right? I, I know in Baltimore we should never say this because of Tucker's success. But I don't care what kicker you are. A 44, you know, anything outside of 40 now really requires everything to be perfect. Anything other than that, you can kind of navigate where you're through a, you can navigate your way through a faulty snap or some timing problems. You can still get it in the, in, in there. Anything outside of that. And now you take into account, there's a minute 40 left in the game. And if you miss it, it's not like they get the ball on the 10. If you miss this field goal, they get the ball on the 34 yard line. Now they now they only have to go thirty yards, mm-hmm. and their guy gets a shot. Mm-hmm. So that field goal was by no means a guarantee. Well, it goes a step beyond that. Even if he hits it, there's still plenty of time left for the hundred percent to do it. But so the game wasn't. So when that play happened, that ended the game. The game was over. He they well, were gonna they were the, gonna do exactly they were smart enough to not score a touchdown. Right. In the next they were gonna play, do right. exactly what they did. Right. They were gonna just chew up, chew up, chew up, get it to the twenty, get it to the I mean, get it to the five, kick a field goal and win the game. So that's a shame that the game ended like that. But that is not that's definitely not it's why not, the it's, Chiefs it's won. Not only not what they determined the game, and the idea that the players this is the problem that I have. The players did determine the game. And this is the issue I have with saying, hey, you could call that on any play. You could call something on every play, but you have to call it when it changes the play. Because there's grabbing on a lot of plays. There's grabbing and there's hand fighting and things like that, but they're in 50-50 situations. James Bradbury, when he admitted what he did afterwards, knows exactly why he did it. Because he was beat. Because Juju Smith-Schuster had the corner. Which is really remarkable. 100%. (laughs) It speaks to how great Patrick Mahomes is (laughs) that he was able to do this with zero at wide receiver. (laughs) Right. Right? Like. Right. You, they designed to play. How about the fact they scored uh, two uh, touchdowns on identical plays? Identical, and, identical plays. And the Eagles couldn't figure 100%. it out. 100%. They designed a play that got Juju Smith-Schuster to the corner, wide open, with no help coming on that side of the field. I know. And because of that, James Bradbury had to grab him because he was beat. And that's the call that you have to make. You have to make a call when someone is beat, and because they're beat, and they the grab. Absolutely, it ended the game because James Bradbury ended the game. I thought he might miss because it. you thought he might miss the, I the final kick. I, I did. I, I thought, how funny would this be if this dude misses this? I kind of thought he was going to miss it. 
What was it? What was the field goal? Twenty nine yards? Tw- yeah, something like that. No, it wasn't even twenty nine yards. Well, yeah, because they lost eight yards, right? Like taking a knee to try to kill some more clock. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yes. I made a thirty three yard at once. You didn't. I don't know if you remember that. You never actually did it. <laughs> I just stood right there. Right. I know you saw it. You looked at it. And you I stood you right in the middle it. of the field. I understand that. But Ask you never the Ravens. Actually, right, no, they no, got no, mad that, at me. No, that's the part of the problem. You didn't do it. They invited you to come. Of all the things, if you ever said to me, what's What's the one thing that you they got, still... They got, they got mad at all of us. You still can't believe yeah. happened. Yeah. Oh, they were furious. It would be that they got mad at furious. me for that. Not mad. Furious. <laughs> like, I, it might have been too soon. <laughs> I will admit that. <laughs> that maybe we shouldn't have showed the video the next day. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It might have been too soon. They called me. I'm like, what the hell do you think I have to do with this? This is... It ain't between me and you. You talked to him. I did make like, it. Like, because we jokingly, we gave myself, I don't remember this story, but when they when he fired Bachman, like, jokingly, I said, what, am I the program director now? Right. And he said, yeah, fine, you're the program right, director. Right. It got me no raise. It got me no, like, anything. All it got you was fired. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, right. It just meant that I was the program director. Right, right. And I put it on my resume. I was the program right, right, right. director. And now look where you are. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, you know, every time you go to Loyola, you know, like, this is, I'm here yeah, because I was the I was program, program director. director over there. So they called me because I was the program director. <laughs> the hell, it wasn't even a real title. It was just. Just said broken. And you director. said, why don't you call Drew? Correct, is exactly what I said. And when I, I saw said, him. This has nothing to do with me. When I saw him, they're like, that that, that was a BS thing you did the oh, other not day. Only and did, I'm like, not only did they dude, say that, give it a rest. They were furious that you wouldn't take them up on their offer to come try the field goal. They right, were right, right, furious right. about it. I said to them, I don't have to. Fury. I already made it. You already made it. Sure you did. Sure you did. You I will say, all right. for all the Cundiff haters, yeah. I will say this. When when I stood there, it those goalposts are way, oh, no, more, correct. Narrow way more narrow on the field than you than think you, yeah, they correct. are. Yeah, from a, from from where you see it, you're like, ah, it's forever. And I would say you even get, on television, yep, I agree. It doesn't I give agree. you the perspective of how narrow they Rob are. Rob Gronkowski couldn't make the and, kick. I know, I heard, <laughs> and and. And anyone who says kickers don't belong in the Hall of Fame, you are insane. Well, when you see what the, when you see what this guy's done, and I know right. it's local bias, but when well, you but see he's what he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame, there's you, you no would debate. Think, there's right? no debate about that. He's going to. You be would a, think he doesn't play wide. The only position that can't get into the Hall of Fame is wide receiver. Right. We'll have a parade if they're that not, ever happens. They're not going to let any wide we're receivers into the Hall of Fame. Definitely having a parade if there's ever a Raven wide receiver. Oh, that's, I mean, oh, no, I mean in general. They oh, won't let oh, wide oh, receivers right. None in. this year, right? None. Tory Holt, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, get all in. on the ballot. None of them got in. No offense to any of the guys. I, I, I kind of heard it. Uh, I I didn't realize it wasn't on Saturday this year. Yeah, they did on Thursday. Right. I didn't realize that until and Friday. And apparently they might be doing the voting. Like, it, Remember, it used to be they would vote all day on Saturday and then make the announcement Saturday night. Right. They might be doing the voting like two weeks ahead of time. Okay. So, so who got in? Zach Thomas got in. Zach Thomas got in. Darrell uh, Reeves got Reeves, in. Darrell Reeves, we knew Joe that. Joe Thomas got Those in. Those three, check, check, check. Um, Demarcus Ware got in. Check. And who was the other one? I've already forgotten. God, I've already forgotten who the fifth one was. It wasn't Willis. It was not Patrick Willis, yeah. no, and it wasn't any of the wide receivers. It was well, and all the the older guys got in. Yeah, I mean, they Joe don't. Klecko and they don't count. Of course, the MVP from when the Baltimore Colts won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Five, their MVP, Chuck Haley. They don't. Rondé Barber. Oh, Rondé Barber. Barber. Which that Steve was a joke. He don't belong in there. So anyway, <laughs> you're going war on Rondé Barber. <laughs> what is that? Another joke. What? 
Right. What the world? <laughs> Imagine going war. No one that good looking should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, you might have. You <laughs> yeah. might and that's the problem. Like, I don't. They know, should call you up and go, Rodney. Can we be honest right. with you? Right. We. We yeah. voted you in. Yeah, but then we looked at you and we realized you were already in the Hall of Fame. Correct. <laughs> That's not bad. I can't believe I'm giving you credit for that. That's not bad. You're already a Hall of Famer. Um, but they uh, they had three wide receivers, three of them, all among right. the greatest wide receivers. Well, of all Reggie time. Wayne. I mean, I, I I think look, I think Torrey Holt should be in the Hall of Fame. But but if you want to make an argument against him, go ahead. I think Andre Johnson was a great wide receiver. He had to play for the team with the best helmets. If you want to make an argument that against him, what would that be? Well, but if you do, knock yourself out. There is no argument against Reggie Wayne. What is the argument against? The only argument. I don't against, know. Like, but there isn't one against Reggie my, Wayne. There's no argument against the other guys either. I guess the only negative for They're Reggie Wayne is he wore those helmets. Well, that's a great point. And that drives right. me insane. He stole them. That's what happened. You can't get into the Hall of Fame if you're a wide receiver. You'll never be allowed. No, to. I know it's, it's bizarre. It, I, it makes no sense to me whatsoever all right uh hey the baltimore county police department is hiring and they've got a big event coming up on february 25th at the public safety building 700 east Joppa road here in towson you can do everything right there you can take your written test your agility test and again if i can pass the agility test with flying colors then you can pass the pass the agility test as well i promise you you're capable of doing it get there on the 25th starting at 10 a.m you ready for a career change? This is your moment. You write this You're down. ready to sign up. Well, I got good well, news. You said for agility you. test, and my ears perked up. Uh, okay, I can pass the agility test. Maybe not everyone can pass the agility <laughs> test. Some of us are just, you know, athletes. <laughs> I know. I've Some seen. Of us. I've seen you curl. <laughs> Some of us. Uh, I don't know if you heard. Undefeated curling skip. Yeah. Undefeated. Oh, no man. one's ever beat me as a curling skip. Where's the real? There's not real ice here. Yeah, no, no. I, that, I we, we did it on real. No, ice. I know yeah, you did it on the other thing. Hey, oh, we didn't get a chance. All right, stop. We left. Let me finish telling people everybody about the police. We like them. We We're, do like. We them. do like them. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Four one zero eight eight seven five five four two. Cadet salary start at thirty two thousand six hundred eleven dollars. Entry level officers at sixty thousand six hundred eighty six dollars. Lateral officers at sixty four thousand dollars, and entry level lateral officers also eligible for a ten thousand dollars signing bonus. You are looking for a career for life, and you have a passion to serve. The Baltimore County Police Department. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. We have to. Do cap, you think we have to cap this at five minutes because we got to do Would You Rather Wednesday, and then we got to talk to. Judy do you think Reese. Dan Orlovsky got? Um, an email, or an, uh, it, he would never be given an email because he he wouldn't want it in writing. You think Dan Orlovsky got um, chided for praying by ESPN? No, I don't. Interesting. I don't. I don't. I, I this is. I know that in in your world, this is a hotter topic, right? No, I'm just asking you. I think in that moment, it was okay. Yes, I think given. I hope so. Given someone asked me that yesterday the on the podcast, feel of the country in that moment. I, one, I don't think that was not planned. I don't believe that. Oh, wait a minute, you you don't. I, I think I don't think right. I, that was, was not planned. Yes, I think it was planned. Is what I said. It was double negative. Right. Like I I think that was discussed ahead of time. I don't think how much more ahead of time could have been discussed. It just happened. No, like before they t- they did the show that day. I think before they did oh, the oh, show, I see what you're saying. They plotted out what the show was going. The way that they prepare those shows, there's not room. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. For there to be, yeah. I mean, it's, a this is what we're doing for seven minutes. Exactly right. right. Like this here, is here the, are the graphics. Here's those what we're television showing. shows right. are prepared to the second. Yeah, hundred percent. With what you're going to like do, like what we do. 
exactly right. Exactly. Kind of like, like what, what you and I used to do in radio. Yeah, correct. I mean, in fairness, even over at 105.7, when they do that pregame show on Sundays, to it's, the minute. It's, it's my mapped out. To the minute. I'm on 6 to 9 next Tim. Monday. Wait, well, I'm doing Monday 6 night. to 9 as well, but I'm doing 6 to 9 in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're doing we're do- President's Day. I guess Bookends. They're. Very weird that they... they Bookends. They, President's Day is a corporate holiday. They care so deeply about President's anyway, Day. Anyway, go ahead. Today's Gary Clark's Jr. Junior's birthday, and nobody's off, which yeah, is insane. Right. But you're, but you, so you think it was planned yeah, out? I think and it was Dan planned out. said, uh, think, "I'm going to do it," and they said, "Okay." Yeah, or I, or he presented it to him like, "Hey, it's something that I was thinking about doing. What do you think about it?" And given the moment, given where we were feeling, none of us knew how to operate that week. None of us knew it was okay to talk about football. None of us knew if it was going to be okay to play football. Skip Bayless tried to talk about it, and he he almost got run out of the country. I I'm, I don't want to compare it to 9/11 because obviously no one died, and but but, but it was similar in post, that we didn't know what to the say. Post 9/11 feel. Of what are we doing here? Right, was very real for all of it. We we canceled the Tyus Bowser show, which has nothing to do with Demar Hamlin. And, or the Buffalo and all Skip Bills Bayless or, tried to say was, you know, they they got to figure out what they're going to do about this football game. Right, and people wanted to run him out of the country. Well, part of that is just because because it's him. Right, had Skip that Bill, been RG three, right, people would have yes, gone. It would hear what RG three said. No, people would have said, right, RG three's right, got a good point. Right, I mean, right, he got a football right. game to play, but. I think we were so lost into what, how to sure. do this, and we saw it. Right, it's Correct. a different story if that happens on Sunday at yeah, one and, o'clock. And, and, and nobody's we, watching. Right, hundred percent. It's totally different. Everybody, it we was saw the, it was the game of the year. Joe Buck came back for a commercial and said they're doing CPR, and everybody Correct. went, "Oh my god!" None of us knew what to do. Right, we had no idea. I think the fact that we saw it was real. It does. It does. And, and, and again, nine eleven is the same thing. Right. We, right, we we saw all it. of those images. We were watching every single. We, in fact, we saw the second plane live on right. television as it flew right. in. Right, like it. It absolutely to me. He approached them, said, "It's something that's on my heart. I'd like to do okay. it." I'm, and, I hope so. And I genuinely believe that, given the moment, they said, "Yeah." I mean, like, sure, good, good, good. I hope go so. for it. That's that's what I think happened. Okay. I'm, I can only now we'll gi- talk about. I can only give you now three minutes because we got to do Would You Rather Wednesday before you leave. And Would we You have, Rather Wednesday? We have to talk to Juju Reese coming up here at oh, eleven thirty. Okay, good. Uh, I'm sorry, not you. He Is said he in class. He, he said he didn't want to talk to you. Oh. Um, does it matter? He's playing, so obviously it matters because Tiger Woods is playing and. Most of the country, you obviously care about the, what is it, the Genesis is this weekend. You mm-hmm. care, but most of the country doesn't give a rat's ass. Because Tiger Woods is playing, they will. But does it actually matter? Like, beyond just if, you know, someone would tune in to watch Tiger Woods play on Thursday afternoon that wouldn't tune in to watch a regular golf tournament, does it really matter? I think Tiger it matters. I think, I think his performance matters as it relates to the next five months of golf or six months of golf. It does matter. If he shoots 74-73 and misses the cut by a shot and he's not around for the weekend, all everyone's going to say is, you know, dude, this is over. Right. But if he somehow goes 70-68, he's in the hunt. But is that plausible? Oh, sure. Short golf course, not at all difficult to to navigate. From from a physical standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's picked this out perfectly. mm -hmm. This is a short golf course, um, an easy walk. Warm weather, or fairly warm weather. I think I saw it was going to be cloudy and gray, but in the 70s. But um, warm weather, d- um, easy walk, short golf course for him by his stand- by tour standards, not uphill, downhill, very easy to walk. That's the number one thing for him. Familiar with the layout. Uh, funny enough, has not particularly played well there, but um, has had some success there as an amateur Um and 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 hasn't played any golf 
So the question is, does he is it rust or is he fresh? Right? That that that's the question. Well, he hasn't played, so will he be rusty? Or will he be fresh? Like John Rahm's played four weeks in a row. He's probably running on a quarter tank at this point. Really? He's got to get through yeah. Okay. Four weeks in a row for those guys is an outlier. Okay. Very difficult for them to do that. But when they're not playing golf, are they still playing golf? No, not necessarily. I mean, they might take two days or three days off, hit balls one or two of those days. But like when a when a golfer's not playing, when a, when a player doesn't play for a week, mm-hmm. he doesn't play golf every day. That that's the opposite of what he wants to do. He would rather hang out with his family, maybe go over at four o'clock and hit some balls, maybe not play the next day, then maybe play the next day or hit some balls. Like they're not balls to the wall okay. when they're off. Okay. Um. So I, I, well, I had this discussion yesterday with the kids on my team. Like, you know, I just threw it out there. Will he make the cut? And all my kids were like, oh, he's he's not making the cut. He's done. I'm like, you, you're just 16 years old. You have no idea what you're talking about. He can make the cut in any tournament one-handed. Um, so we'll see. I, I, but I do think it's important as it relates to the rest of the golf season. Will he play again between now and the Masters? Mm-hmm. Will he be we all know if there's one place he could win again, it would be Augusta. Will he will he win and be or will he be competitive there? Um, U.S. Open is in L.A. Perfect area for him on Poana Greens, where he's putted his whole life. Um, the British Open is at Royal Liverpool, where he's won before. I, I I think I think this is important for him to say I I've got a good five or six months ahead of me. And I might only play six tournaments right. after this, mm-hmm. but I can compete in all of those. And I think he picked a really good venue for this week. Okay, I don't think he's going to win. Right, but I'm also I also know you should never say that about him. I mean, you, but I think if he makes the cut, somebody asked me yesterday, like, what's a good what's success for him this week? I would say, having not played any golf since last July, a success for him, a, a massive success for him this week would be if he made the cut and finished in the top twenty. Okay, okay. That'd right. be a massive success. I I would probably agree with yeah. that. Anything right. if he plays the weekend, that's a success for him. I hear you. I hear you. All right, let's play. Would you rather Wednesday? Would you rather Wednesday is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Today, we're giving away a $25 gift card to Royal Farms. Royal Farms Coffee is the one for me, fresh and hot. It hits the spot. Um, $25 gift card to Royal Farms for someone who participates for Would You Rather Wednesday. And there's four scenarios. Number one, would you rather the Ravens indeed, like we talked about last week, make a reasonable cost trade for DeAndre Hopkins, let's say a third-round pick, or they pay slightly more and reunite Mike Evans with Todd Munkin, let's just say they give up a first, but they get a second-round pick back. Give up your first for Mike Evans and get a Evans second round a second. Pick, or just give up a third for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know. I, I What is Evans? He's 29. 30, is he? He'll be yeah. 30 in August. Yeah. That, just that number. I can't stand 30-year-olds. Um Hopkins is going to be 31 this for this I know. I, I get yeah. so nervous around that number of when it, yeah. I, I I think I would take Evans. Okay. You wouldn't have a first would, round pick in the draft I, though. I, uh, mm. But I get a second. You do get a second. And uh, and all we're going to do with the first round picks take a wide receiver who's going to 
flounder anyway. There we go. There's my guy. There he is. I mean, let's be honest. That's true. We all know when a wide receiver gets picked, the first thing he says yeah, is, right. can I go back to school for <laughs> right. one more year? Right. Can I reconsider this instead of going to Baltimore? <laughs> Number two, of course, uh, Major League Baseball. I don't know. I'm kind of down on DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't even know why. <laughs> I, just I think am. last week you just said you would make the trade. I know. It took one week for you to change well, your mind. Well, he's older now. He's a week older. Now. It is a drastic difference. You're not wrong about he's that. He's a week older. Uh, of course, we know Major League Baseball made the extra inning rule permanent. So, number two, would you rather Lord. Would you rather they not only stick with the extra inning rule, but they also add it to the playoffs, or they get rid of it altogether, but they declare games ties after 12 innings? In the regular season, of course. Yeah, right. In the postseason, they wouldn't be able to do that. I liked that rule at the beginning because it got the game over. And I know why they do it, and I totally get it. It's all about extend, you know, the, the pitching. Best pitching rule in the history of baseball. I guess. I, I, I guess what I would say is if, I, if you gave me the ability to modify it, I would say you either start at first base with no one out or you start at second base with right. one out. And you pick But it. we didn't give you that. We gave you Would You Rather Wednesday. <laughs> this segment stinks. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep the I'll keep the rule, Damn right I, but, I wanna, but I want to change it to yeah. my You don't to, get to change anything. Way. Shut up. But number wouldn't three. that be a good idea? Number three. You, you get the choice. You, you can start at second base with one out. Right. Or you get a guy at first base with no outs. All right, all right. Uh, are you, do you care at all about Bojangles? Are you a Bojangles guy in any way? I thought he was retired. All right, we'll just move on. We'll save that. Did he break his hip or something? I don't even what know. happened to him? Bo Jackson, that's what you're... It took me a I'm second. on my game today, baby. Oh, you're all over it. You're all over it. <laughs> oh, Garrett over well, here is like, well, this is pretty good radio No, today. it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. We'll skip that one. Hey, where uh, is... What's his name? Who? Chase him out. Revy or whatever Rami, his name is. Rami. Rami was here because Griffin was on vacation. Oh, that's right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. Rami came in to help out for a week. Rami. Um, we are part... Uh, by the way, he might be... No, I've got Rami on a Monday morning. You've got Caleb on Monday night. So oh, Caleb's the best. I love Caleb. I love both Caleb, of them. Caleb does a good job. I love those. They're great, great guys. Uh, Old hungover in, Caleb. In your, <laughs> your, <laughs> no, he wears the sunglasses because they're stylish. Oh, is that what it is? Uh, your, in their case, your wife. Oh. This week, you find out your wife is suddenly super obsessed with Valentine's Day. Oh, thank God like, she isn't. Like, super okay. obsessed. Uh, overly obsessed. To make your life difficult. Or... She comes to you and says she doesn't care at all. So much so, like literally cares zero, that you kind of start to wonder. Uh, <laughs> like you don't have to get me a card or flowers yeah, or anything. Like, Where I, are those flowers from? Yeah. Oh, someone at work gave them, gave yeah, them out. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> right. What about the, the card? M- m- not necessarily that. <laughs> you, you, Just you, the part where... The girls all exchange flowers. Yeah. You, you, got a, you got a girl at work named Mark? Yeah, she's wonderful. <laughs> you just kind of start either, oh, either. So utter, Wayne utter is an interesting name for I'm a not, girl. You're going a step beyond where I'm going, right? I like know, it's I not know. obvious. Right. It's just enough. Like that's weird. You really don't care, right? Like at all, right? Huh? Don't get me a card, really? No, don't get me a card at yeah. all. Well, right. I was going to get your card. No, nope, no need. To. I don't want you to do that. <laughs> I'll Which take, I'll still take that angle. <laughs> There's a lot less pressure because you know whatever you do this year, you got to do better than You only got me 12 roses and four chocolates and four coffee um, gift cards this year. Last year, you got me. Yeah, 13. Right. I get it. I get it. Uh, I get it. I think the less nagging. I don't don't know, man. I think the less nagging in every all of our lives. I feel the less nagging, the better. I feel like you're going to. Every holiday, my kids and my wife say to me, what do you want? 
Right. And I will say the same oh, thing. I don't care. Right. Nothing. 100%. I don't, I, don't, I don't care at don't all. Give me anything. But you have to pretend to care enough to it, to keep up appearances, right? right? Like you have sure, to, sure, sure. You have to put in just... I realized on Monday I hadn't gotten anything for my kids to give for my wife. So I stopped by the old pharmacy, picked it, up something, and I got it. We, we had a nice night out. We had dinner, and I got her flowers and this thing you're supposed to do. We had a rotisserie chicken. I bet it was good, though. <laughs> I, I got to be honest with you. I'll never be mad at a rotisserie chicken. We had a rotisserie chicken. A, a grocery store and rotisserie peas. chicken. And peas. We'll never be. Get, never get be some color in you there. We've got some peas and rotisserie chicken. All right. What, uh, you're doing the golf show on Sunday, and then you're yeah, doing. Yeah, 12 to 1 on Sunday, and um, 6 to 9 Monday, Monday night. night. I have no idea what I'm going to do then. Yeah, you don't, you're not going to pay attention like the NBA All-Star game. So When is that? It's Sunday. No, thanks. The Daytona 500, you're going to watch that? No. Well, I'll watch the last. Uh, oh, I'll watch the last ten laps of that. Oh, I won't. It's ten more laps than I'll watch. I'll definitely watch the end of that. Uh, I, I, I think stock car racing is fascinating. Yeah, I've tried. I've tried. Have you really? Times. I really have. Have you ever been to a race 100%, live? A hundred percent. I've been to multiple. It's unbelievable. It's not. Oh, you're insane. We went, I swear to God. So when I was you on, went to a NASCAR race and you didn't leave I, there and when say I, when I was on those guys are the greatest. When I was on uh, Ed's show, we okay. had we had Liz Drabeck on the show as well. Okay, and she's a she was, she's NASCAR a huge junkie, NASCAR right? Person. So she wanted me to go to the race at Dover, and I, we had to go do the show from Ocean City on like Memorial Day or something like that, and th- whatever it was, the day after the race at Dover, we were doing the show from Ocean City. So I said, "All right, well, I'll go." And we walked in and we looked around, and by the third lap. Everybody was drunk and passed out. There was no atmosphere at all. Literally, I'm not kidding. The entire section around me was asleep. Was asleep. Well, I've because never because it was a thousand degrees outside and they were all hammer drunk. I've never seen anything like it. I went to Dover two or three times. I I, I was astounded by it. Well, I'll be rooting. I, I, I'm rooting for Chase Briscoe because I'm friends with his crew chief. But I was outside of that, it. how how not gonna happen. I was astounded by the speed of it and the power of it. All right, and the girls. Correct. <laughs> Chicks everywhere. Right. That's the way that it goes. All right. At It's a Hooded Four on Twitter, Drew's Morningdish.com. Appreciate you. Pal. So, Drew, Drew, question for you. Um, what's up with all the fouls there, bruh? Stop. Would you stop? Juju Reese, Maryland basketball's got a huge game tomorrow night against Purdue. Oh. He joins. What? Oh, you, you think it's their time? No. I got to go. Go-, we got, we got go. We got things to do. Oh, you're going. Of course. Oh. I know it's a home game. You're a, you're a number one fan. I'm now. going. It's a weird bit. Juju Reese next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know what's on Grinder or anything, I swear. On second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Bet $5 with DraftKings. Instantly get $200 in bonus bets for this weekend's big games, like the NBA All-Star Game or the Daytona 500. Get this and other great sportsbook promos and specials at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. It's PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Had to do this a little bit earlier on because of their schedule, practice, but an opportunity to catch up with Baltimore's own Juju Reese right here on GCR. Well, it's a great time to welcome back to the show a you know a Maryland Terrapin big, who of course is also the pride of St. Francis here in Baltimore. They're getting ready for a huge game tomorrow night in College Park. Against Purdue, he is Juju Reese, and he's back with us now here on the program. Juju, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to chat with you, dude. I I want to go back if I could. I remember um, when Kevin Willard was hired at Maryland, your mom was at the press conference, and she shared out a tweet about the relationship that – your family has had with him uh, for a few years. Could you tell me a little bit about that? And as you decided to stick around and you know, and come back for another year at Maryland, how important that was, that relationship you already had, and how much maybe that's continued to develop throughout the course of the year? Um, it was definitely important. You know, um, Willard, Coach Willard recruited me up to see how he was there. Um, and then I feel like it just came in full circle, you know, um, I, I believe in his coaching ability when he was there. I like I like him as a coach there. Um, and I feel like we we've grown a, a great relationship now. We he's, he's put a lot of trust in me, being a, only a sophomore, and I, and I just take advantage of that so far. That's awesome. Um, you know, obviously, you guys there weren't a ton of expectations for this team, right? With the first year head coach and a program that looked like it was in transition. Did did you guys always know that? you were going to be maybe a little bit better than perhaps people on the outside were giving you credit for. Did you have an amount of confidence coming into this year that you guys were capable of competing with the best teams in the league? Yeah, definitely. Um, not not only as a team, but before even when the coach, well, 
from when they came, um, me and the guys like Dante, Keen, we, we kind of knew what was, was going to happen. We was a good coach. And I feel like we just we just stayed together and, and took that winning push on to the next guys that came in here and, and taught them. I feel like that's just the recipe for the success we have right now. And I feel like we, the guys are going to keep getting better. No doubt. Uh, particularly, what is it about you guys playing at home this season, man? Like, what in the world? It's like you're unbeatable, obviously, other than the UCLA game, which I know wasn't great. But, like, what you know, what is it yeah. about the, the crowd, the atmosphere? What What is it that's made it so that nobody has been able to have much in the world of success when they come to College Park? Yeah, it's definitely the fans. Um, it definitely got to be the fans that here, um, you know. Um we're away it's kinda hard to like communicate stuff doing on corner court but home is quiet on offense. We we're on our side on defense, so like it's kinda easier to go home and like just the energy, the overall vibe we get home. Like it's more comfortable, I guess. I, mean, uh, I definitely feel more comfortable playing for that car crowd. It makes sense, right? Like it's it's nice to have that kind of support behind you, and it is it is paid off big time this season. Juju Reese is with us here on GCR Maryland Purdue tomorrow night in College Park. Um, Juju, the thing that jumps out of, to me about you this season, it seems like you've kind of picked like the the biggest matchups for your best games, right? Like you, the double double against Trace Jackson Davis, uh, a huge game the first time around against Zach Eady. Is there something about you that, like, you just sort of get geared up when you know you're going up against someone that, you know, everybody in the country is talking about as being one of the best big men in the in the league? Yeah, I try to um, I try to use that as motivation, you know, um, playing against those guys that, you know, everybody talks about, guys like Hunter, Zach, Trace, guys like them. I just try to, try to go at them, try to uh, get my name in that and I feel like, I've been doing it so far. Um, I just built a name of myself. No doubt, no doubt about it. As you get ready for facing Purdue again, do do you fall back on the success that you had? I know, like you guys wanted to win that game, and it's disappointing, but you you held them to a season low in points, and you know, battled back and were right in that game at the end. Do you fall back on that and say, you know, hey, we think we can recreate this, or do you have to approach it as it's a completely different game? We can't assume that everything's going to be the same as it was when we played them on the road. Yeah, it's a little bit of both, you know. Um, coming home is, is definitely different, but at the same time, like we're, we're um, it's, it's like the same. It could be the same outcome, you know. We win the game, we lose the game, but I feel like we're a better team, like a way better team from from back then. Um, you know, I'm not sure how long ago that game was, but we definitely changed a lot of the team, matured a lot of the team, and. And grow as a team. I feel like we, we can get it done this time. Where does the defensive intensity come from? Not just for you, but for everybody on this team. Like th- this team is so wholly bought in and selling out defensively. Like where has that come from this season that you guys have just said, We're gonna make your lives hell every time you're on the floor? Yeah, it's definitely the um, principles that the new coaching staff brought in. Um the um New principles of getting after guys and like kind of coming out strong. Especially at home after we score, we hit a crowd, crowd go crazy. We get into our press, and I feel like that is up. And you know, coach, coach once said the best thing about best basketball is you can get it right back after you mess up. Like you can say you miss a layup, you can turn right back around on defense. But though, like football, like the quarterback throws an interception, the cameras on him, you got to wait all the way till you get back on offense. Like. I 
felt them on that. And I, I just I tried to play my game around that, and we've been doing good with that. Especially I mean, at home. It's been awesome. It's been awesome to see you guys game in, game out, have been up to the task defensively. It's been incredible to see it. Um, okay, so the 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 now you guys, you your sister being a part this year, what's that been like? How much have you been staying in contact? Have you been able to watch games? Like, what what's what's that dynamic been like since she's been down at LSU? I mean, it's been it's been pretty good. Um, you know, she she's doing really good down there. Yeah, so it's pretty easy. Yeah, um, she's really comfortable with her, and that's really all that matters. Um, she she came down here for the Towson game. Um, I just recently went up there for the for their. Uh, I went to South Carolina for the LSU game. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I just I feel like I feel like it's all good. We're going. It's gonna be okay. We, we are. So so we know uh, she made some headlines for talking about trash talk, and it made me think, like, growing up, who was the bigger trash talker between the two of you? Like, when you guys, you know, would, would get competitive in any way, which of the two of you was the bit better trash talk- talker? It was definitely me. Um, <laughs> Trying to get under it a little bit. <laughs> did, did, she, did she learn some of that from you over the years? Like, do you feel like you helped improve her trash talking game? Yeah, definitely. She definitely got that, that, that spice for me. Like that's, that, Man. That spice in the that's awesome. I, I love that so much. Just another minute or two with Julian Reese. Juju, of course, here on uh, GCR. Um, Juju, the excitement that everybody's feeling about this program, can, can you tell me about how contagious that is and like how much you guys are thinking about it. I was I was talking about this the other day. I, I don't know if you're gonna end up winning a national championship or making a final four, but it feels like you're laying the foundation. And maybe I hope you will, of course. I wanna make that abundantly clear, but it feels like you're laying the foundation for the future of Maryland basketball and and turning the program around. Is that something you guys have talked about? Have you felt any of that? And does it mean something to you to be a part of like changing the trajectory of Maryland basketball? Yeah, as far as this season, I feel like we're not really talking about anything like for now. Um, I feel like we're gonna, we're gonna, of course, do our best. We're gonna try to achieve whatever we can achieve. But I, I definitely, I definitely thought to myself, um, like the the sailor for the team and for this program. I feel like it's gonna, it's, it's nothing great, great coming. Um, you know, we got a lot of, we started to, um, we started recruiting a lot of guys. Yeah. We got a couple from around here. Got John. I played with him in high school. St. Francis, like, yeah. Yeah, the chemistry would be there. We got some young guys on the team right now. I feel like I can carry on that tradition with, with the new guys and just just bring that winning attitude and, and keep on doing that for the next couple years. Have you like? Are you regularly in touch with you? Bring up John Lamoth, of course. Like, are are you regularly in touch with him and? You know, I, I don't know what your decision is going to end up being, but how how exciting would it be for you to have that opportunity to play with him again next season? It would be a great opportunity. You know, I like playing with John. Um, you know, I regular selfish guard, like to pass the ball, likes to likes to shoot a lot of threes, like um, just likes to get everybody involved. And a great, is a great team player, great attitude. I feel like that's that's what the team needs. We got other guys like Deshaun, we got Jamie, we got a lot of other guys too. I feel like. I mean, I think there's a real opportunity, bro. Like, I think there's a, I don't know, do you find yourself like saying something to Jameer, like, hey, bro, take that fifth year. Like, let's do this, man. Yeah, definitely. I definitely said that a couple times, yeah. Like, man, 
Yo, you got a chance to do something. I, I, and I don't want to take anything away from what you could do this year. I really hope that it doesn't come off that way. But, dude, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Like, it feels like there could be something really special cooking. Um, Juju, it's great to catch up, man. Let's remind everybody, where can they give you a follow? Twitter, Instagram, anywhere like that. Um, well, Instagram is shifty underscore Jew. Yep. Give him a follow there. Oh, on his... Go ahead. Yeah, on Twitter, Reese. 10 Julian, and that's it. There you go. Give him a follow in those spots. Hey, man, it's been so much fun watching you guys play this season. We can't wait for tomorrow night and a huge matchup opportunity to uh, show the entire country what it is that Maryland basketball is all about. Juju, congratulations on a great season. Can't wait to see what's next. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Julian Reese, of course, Juju with us here on GCR. Appreciate him taking the time for us tomorrow. Everybody else in the room is going, it's so funny, right? Like, from what you thought, Drew, once upon a time, like, there was a year the guy wearing the turtle costume. Everybody else in the room is going to the game tomorrow night. I'm wearing it now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I borrowed it from you. It stinks, but Drew, I'm wearing it. Drew decided right around the time where they stopped being good that he was going to become a huge fan. Like, going down to see my Terps Drew, tomorrow night. Drew, and now Griffin, who doesn't realize. Griffin was like, oh, I'll just roll I'll leave here. But that was game 630. Yeah, I'll, like, here I'll leave here at 515. I'm yeah. like, oh, you'll get there with about eight minutes left 100%. in the game. 100%. You better leave at 2 tomorrow in order to get down there in time. 630 tip-off. Are we favored? Well, We're not favored, not are we? Not favored, I don't think. But we should look at that. I'm going to guess it's, it's a Two one. and a half? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I, I haven't looked at it yet, and I assume that it's a Taking our Terps in that one. Our Terps. You're going all in. <laughs> what what state happened? school who like who was it in your life that was important to you that you had to become a maryland guy like what you can, what led us to this you point? can have this sponsorship but it's do exactly you, do you, do you, i know that's what it was somebody offered to give you a deal but they it's were like nil it's what it I, I said i like maryland you got to sign yeah, up for 30 grand <laughs> like there has to be a story there's yeah, no way just a late light a late life epiphany it's so weird all right it's i gotta so go weird. we'll see all right buddy there's true forest or drew's money dish.com i don't i don't see it up on uh yeah it's not up on FanDuel yet yeah. so i don't know what they're waiting for but no line yet. I, I assume it'll be a, a very narrow favor. I, I do realize it. it's time to delete my picture, right? My I already deleted it. Oh, it did? Okay, yeah. good. Well, my, it just popped up in the notifications. My mom liked it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, there's nothing pinned. There is. It's deleted. It's gone. There is no... I took, I took care of it. All right. Uh, we continue on on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show also, or just a reminder, that gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. And remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. It is, um, we'll switch gears this morning. This weekend, college baseball season gets underway, and after a historic season a year ago, the University of Maryland will look to build off of that this year and make an even deeper run towards the College World Series. Joining us now, he is the head coach of the Terps, Coach Rob Vaughn, and he is back with us on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Heck yeah, Glenn, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys. Absolutely, dude. I, can we just start, like, how long? I know that you're, like, you're a coach and your job is to think about the next thing. But when, when it goes like that at the end of the year, how long does it take for you to be able to, like, pick up and move on and not think about it on a day-to-day basis the way that quite a number of Maryland fans have still not stopped thinking about it on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> 
I mean, I'm not sure if I can say, I'm not sure if I can say, uh, about 12 months, but we're still, uh, <laughs> trying to get past some of that. No, it's, uh, you, it, it's so funny to you, to your point, it's kind of on to the next thing, you know, you finish up and there in June and then you have two weeks and then you got to get on the road and, yep. and go start kind of filling your team for next year, you know, figuring out kind of where you need to get better in the short term and figuring out where you need to kind of grow long-term with some of your, you know, 24, 25, 26 classes. So, Man, not a lot of time to suck your thumb and dwell on it. you got to pick up the pieces, figure out what you need to do to, to go get back there and, and push through this thing this year. All right. On, on behalf of myself and, and like, Bubba Aline, it's still bull-ass and I'm not over <laughs> right, right, right. I'll calm down. Oh, uh, hell yeah. No, Bubba's, Bubba's the man. Oh, Goodness dude, he was, gracious. That was God, a rough was, way to finish it. No doubt, man. Um, hey, Coach, that being said, as, as we move to, towards this year, can you talk me through? And I know that Maryland baseball, when you arrived, like there was, there was a standard that had been set. But to take a next step, to host a regional, as disappointed as you might have been, the pride that you had in knowing that there has been an elevation now of the Maryland baseball program and there is a trajectory to do even greater things. Oh, there's no doubt. You know, I think that's something, you know, when I came here in the summer of 2012 as an assistant, truth be told, I didn't know much difference between Maryland and Maine at that point. You know, I was from Texas originally and it was – hey, I'm going to go to the East Coast and figure out how we're going to be good at baseball. And yeah. I got out here, and after about five years here, it was very clear that I had this vision of what we could do, and I thought we could do some some really special things and some really cool things. And, you know, we, we went to work on that, you know, and then building classes and building the culture the way we wanted it. And, and I feel like, you know, five years later, we kind of reaped the rewards of that last June and, and getting to do some pretty special things there was, was a lot of fun. It was it was great, and, and you know, I think that's our job, though, is is to kind of transform this place. I think that's where Maryland baseball should be in the national spotlight and in the national media attention. And you know, we gotta now kind of transform from yep. being that team that did that one cool thing that one year to the team that kind of leads from the front. And I think we got a team that can do that this year. A lot of mature kids, mature players, and man, fired up to get going with them on Friday. He is Maryland baseball coach Rob Vaughn. He's with us here on GCR. Coach, to your point, obviously, you lose Bubba, you lose Max, you lose, you know, Troy Scheffler, you lose, but like you bring back so much. And I know that there's like no guarantee that it all works out the exact same way, but like I got to imagine the excitement for you, as much as there's excitement on the outside, the excitement for you has got to be even more significant for how much you have for this team coming into the season. Oh, there's no doubt. And, you know, I think we have the luxury right now that, you know, our best players are also our best leaders. And I think that's not the way it always goes. You know, sometimes your leader's that guy hitting eighth and scratching and clawing, but kind of leading from that side. And, you know, we're we're led by our best players, Matt Shaw, Jason Savakul, Luke Schliger. Those are the guys leading the charge for us and are also having to be our best players. So um, you're exactly right. I think we got a lot coming back. I think it's been one of those teams where, it's been a very player-run team from the jump this year. You know, it kind of transformed to that in the spring last year. The players really kind of took control and started really leading in that direction, which was great to see. And I think they picked up where they left off. And, you know, you have a guy, Nick LaRusso, who yeah. that dude should be hitting in double-A somewhere. And instead, he's back for his, his final season with us. And it and, and looks great. So, Man, a lot to look forward to, a lot of excitement with, with our returners as, they, as we kind of get rolling here. You bring up Jason Savicool. I think everybody knows about Nick Dean as well. If, if there's a question, is it like the pitching behind those two guys? Like where's your confidence level? How do things shake out? I mean, obviously when you've got a Friday starter, when you've got your first two days taken care of, that's a good problem to have. 
Um, but but how much of that is still something you've got to figure out about this team is how the pitching sort of sorts out after those two guys. No doubt. I think, I think the, you know, our assistants, my assistants did a great job of, of really going to work and kind of fortifying some areas that we were a little bit thin in last year, you know, and, and I'll say as we go into this year, um, I feel really good about the arms behind them. Now it's just a matter of doing it in a game. You know, I've seen them do it in practice. I've seen them doing it in scrimmages. I've seen them do it in fall games that, you know, don't count towards your standings. Now it's a matter of us as a team going out and doing it when it matters, when somebody's keeping score and, and somebody's going through that. So, you know, I think we have a transfer from Ohio State and Nate Haverthier, who we're going to run out there on Sunday. Okay. That's, shoot, he's been a he's been a Friday Saturday guy for Ohio State his whole career, and he comes in as a junior with a lot of experience. We have a superstar freshman in Kyle McCoy that yeah. is going to be the next wave of Jason Savickle and Nick Dean. So, man, I think there are some pieces in that bullpen and some depth that we did not have last year. Which you know, everybody in baseball knows if you're going to make a run in June, you got to have some depth in that bullpen. There's no doubt about that. I mean, boy, you're trying to get innings anywhere, especially, unfortunately, if you lose a game early, right, in the course of the weekend. My God, you got to find a whole lot of innings to make it through. Um, Coach, you bring up, uh, obviously, in your order, some of the knowns, of course, like Matt Shaw, uh, Nick LaRusso you brought up, uh, Bobby Smarslack. There's a lot of knowns. It's a nice thing to have. Who is someone, as you look to replace some of the bats in your lineup, that maybe we didn't see as much last year or a newcomer, one of the transfers, that you think is ready to have a big impact on this lineup this season? You know, we actually have three transfers that are stepping in, one out of junior college and the other two kind of out of the out of the transfer portal here that are going to make huge impact. You know, our starting center fielder, Elijah Lambros, spent his first year down at South Carolina and is back with us now and has been a been a really good breath of fresh air. I mean, an elite-level defender that, that's been really good offensively. You know, we have the NEC Player of the Year and Matt Woods from Bryant yeah. comes in and, for his grad year to play right. And honestly, a guy that I'm probably most fired up about that's maybe the most under-the-radar guy is a guy named Eddie Hacopian. Eddie's the son of kind of a former Terp legend, Derek Hacopian. He won the Triple Crown here back in the ACC in 1992. But big-time hitter, his son, um, Eddie, is with us now. Eddie went to Cyprus out in Juco for two years out in California and turned himself into a really good player and came in and is going to hit in four, five, six, somewhere in the middle of our order right there. But it's just... He's our type of guy, man. He's like a Maryland player. He's gritty. He's tough. He gets it done. He's a baseball rat. He's going to be a fun guy for a lot of people to watch this year. I can't wait. I love that. Of course, Maryland gets the season underway this weekend on the road at South Florida, and then they'll be home next Tuesday against West Virginia. Coach Rob Vaughn is with us here on GCR. Um, Coach, that, I love that line, you know, that uh, you can't just be a program that did something cool once upon a time. How much do you – the, the, the macro and the micro with your players, right? The micro is you got games to go play this weekend, right? And you want to start setting yourself up now for hosting in the NCAA tournament. The, the macro being, you know, there's a real belief in what you guys are capable of doing and breaking through and making that deep run. How do you handle those two things? Like knowing that's the, the goal for this team, wanting to accomplish it versus, hey, we can't get carried away in that and forget that, like, nothing is a gimme here at the start of the season. Oh, there's no doubt. And that's, that's the thing that makes college baseball beautiful. You know, I'm, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I, I, my wife's a Kansas girl, so I'm watching the game on, on mu- Sunday. Must and- be nice. <laughs> must be nice. Right. So I'm watching, I'm watching Jer- Jerry McKinnon slide down at the one-yard line yeah. and run the clock out. And I literally tell, I told my wife, I was like, 
I'm glad that's happening because I want no part of Jalen Hurts having the ball at the end of the game. No doubt. But that's what makes baseball beautiful is you can't run the clock out. you got to get us out 27 times. We've got to get them out 27 times. And I think what that does in college baseball is bring a ton of parity to the sport. And there's no days that you just roll it out there. Hey, we've got a lot of experience. We've got a lot of returners. We've got three preseason All-Americans. We're ranked 13. Like, that means nothing when you tow the rubber and, and start things on Friday night. Nobody cares. And so – it's really about showing up, and we refer to it as a neutral mindset. You know, the past is the past, good or bad, and the past has no bearing on the future unless we let it. We talk about that stuff all the time with our players, and I think they've done a really good job of being extremely mature and really showing up to ring the bell every day. That's one thing last year's team did really well is, you know, we, we got throttled a couple times. Shoot, We lost at Illinois 19-1 to on Friday night in that's usually not a good recipe for the rest of the weekend. And then we go and sweep a doubleheader the next day and leave there with a serious win, which was yeah. really kind of a, not a turning point, but just a really defining point of our season last year. And I think that's what that comes from is those guys, they're not worried about yesterday, good or bad. They're, they're stepping into today and trying to do their job today. And last year's group did an outstanding job of that. Everything I've seen shoot, I've been, you know, talking to them about, you know, we play Ole Miss week two and there's a ton of people excited about it. It's like, boy, South Florida, was in a super two years ago. Like, this yeah. is a good team. We've got to go down there and be good. We, we can't be looking forward to going to Oxford week two. And Matt Shaw looked at me. He's like, Coach, I'll be honest. We just want to go play baseball against whoever lines up on the other side. And I think that's what makes them good is that steadiness every day. That's perfect. I mean, that's a perfect mentality, right? Like, you can't really ask for a whole lot more than that. Um, I, no doubt. I have to ask you, how the hell do you manage to keep Matt Swope around? Like, the dude is thought of <laughs> – I, I can't believe he hasn't gotten a job somewhere. Every time I talk to any player, not even the guys that played for him, but I, like, they just rave about how much he has done for them. I, how do you manage to keep him from getting pried away by somebody else? That guy has more pride in this place than any human on the planet, and that's the only reason, because that guy's had an opportunity to go. He's had some head coaching opportunities. He's had major league teams calling, inquiring about, you know, talking to him as a, to be a big league hitting coach and a lot of these things that most people would be drooling over. And every time he calls me, he, he fills me. And every time he's like, look, Hey, I just want to let you know, I talked to X and X person. And I was like, Maddie, you know me, I've always said, you got to do what's yeah. best for you and your family. If you feel like this is right, I'm going to support you. I'm gonna do whatever I can to help you get it. And every time he's like, no, nah, I want no part of that. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, Man. when you do, you let me know because he is, he's a superstar. He's great with the players. He's a great communicator. He's a passionate learner, and he is passionate about the University of Maryland being successful, and that's frankly the only reason he's still here with me is that guy is so bought in and so so wants to see us kick that door down to Omaha and is invested in finding a way to help us do that. What a blessing, man. What a freaking blessing for your program. And I, I'm telling you, every time I talk to anybody, they just – and not to take anything away from you, Coach. I want to make that abundantly clear. Sure. No, no, I, no, no. Believe me, I – I get the credit when things are good and bad, but at the end of the day, my assistant coach, man, those are the those are the guys that are in the trenches. Those are the guys that are doing all the dirty work and spend countless hours out recruiting, countless hours on the phone and shoot. No, you don't. You don't have to justify that to me. I, I, I those I'm good because I've got four assistants, three assistants that are absolutely elite at what they do. Uh, it's it's a blessing. There's no doubt about it. It goes. It it proves that the proof is in the pudding with the success that you've had. Uh, if I could, I, I know a lot was made when you guys hosted the regional, right? You had to bring in the the stands for the outfield and and amp things up. 
did something like last year do anything else for the program to like allow you guys to start seeing a vision for you know upgrades facility wise something like that does having that type of success sustaining that type of success start to pay off in ways beyond just as we point out hey it's a cool thing it was an electric weekend something like that no doubt i think i think you're definitely seeing that and i think what it what it showed our administration what it showed you know our athletic director damon evans is like man what's capable here what are we capable of doing here and i remember when we were having conversations i think you know there was some doubt around like how many people were going to show up did we need to bring in bleachers what did we need to do and you know, we fought to really do it the right way. And so I said, I said, you know, these kids are doing something done. That's the first time it's ever been done in the history of the school. We need to, we need to roll out and do whatever we can do to reward them for that. And credit to them, they stepped up, they brought in the outfield bleachers and we sold out the Friday night game in like 15 minutes. And then, you know, as we're rolling through the regional, every single game we played in was a sellout. And I think, I think that showed them like, holy cow, like, Baseball is not just a typical kind of Olympic sport where it's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of cool. There's 200 people coming to the games. We had 3,000 people out here, and it was unbelievable. And so as you've seen, they've already started doing some stuff in the short term. We've got new lights. Um, They did new padding on the wall. And then, you know, Damon and and Dr. Pines, the president of our university, came out and said they're basically uh, building our new indoor facility this summer. So tearing down the existing one and building a new one and starting construction on that this summer. So, you know, I think – we're in such a microwave world where it's like, Hey, we had a good year. We want to be in a $30 million stadium next year. And that's just not unfortunately the way it works sometimes, but we're taking steps and they're continuing to invest in, in making the, the student athlete experience here, everything that we want it to be. So, you know, that's what I, I tell Damon all the time. I was like, Damon, I'm going to do my job and then you can do your job. When I do my job, well, it makes it a heck of a lot easier for you to do yours. And so they're, they're supporting us here in the short term with, with eyes towards long-term stuff of, continuing to to build that product here in college park uh, before i let you go i got to bring it back to baltimore for a second are there any more costuses in the pipeline that could be coming in future years like is there any yeah, chance if, that... if they are i'll take them yeah, i'll right. just tell you that if there's any oh, if there's any rolling around out there i'll take them. but unfortunately unfortunately i don't think there's another one coming That's but shoot a... we had a about a pretty good seven seven year run of costas there for a while and that was that was a heck of a lot of fun. And, and what good guys they are, by the way. What uh, tremendous, oh, tremendous people um, as well. That make I, just, I couldn't be more excited. I mean, we're going to see Marty play in the big leagues here pretty soon. Yeah. And then you look at you look at Max and him getting a chance to play for the team he grew up rooting for and watching in the Orioles is, is awesome. And to see him advance through that organization is going to be fun to follow here. So, no, it's unbelievable people, great family, and just a blessing to have coached that that family for seven years and then i just want to thank you for continuing to schedule games up this way you know i, I brought my kids out to towson last year when you guys played up here and i'm not saying that we won't come down oh, to yeah. college park i want to make that clear but like <laughs> it's it's really nice that we were able to do that i know you're at back up at umbc this year i greatly appreciate yep. that you've prioritized like playing games in the state getting up this way and you know touching other parts of the state of maryland because it's a great thing for everybody in this community so i'm you know, I, I know it's not a question as much as a "Hey, I appreciate it," and I'll end up bringing my kids out again. Um, but it really does. It's it's significant for us that you create those opportunities for the rest of the state to touch Maryland baseball. No, that's awesome. I appreciate that. It's it's it is. I I've learned very quickly in my 11 years here how much pride the the people of this state take in, in this being the flagship university, and that's what we want to do, man. We want to be a great representative for alumni for for everybody that's 
calls Maryland home. We want them to be able to look at our program and be like, those are our people, like those are our kind of guys, and they do it the right way. So we're working to put that product on the field and, and continue building that. Coach, we can't wait to see what you guys do this season. We will be in touch. That's a promise. Uh, look forward to it. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us here to start the year. All right. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. It's Rob Vaughn, Maryland baseball coach, with us here on GCR. Again, their season gets underway on Friday with lofty expectations. Lofty expectations for Maryland baseball. Um, like, I, I don't want to get carried away. It's the beginning of the season, and who knows what could happen and all that, but there is a lot of excitement about what could be possible. Ranked number 13 in the country to start the year. We're right there in the thick of things a year ago, hosting a regional. You know, probably could have gotten through it had it not been for an unbelievably horse. You think Eagles fans have reason to complain? That was a good call. God, never get over that. Yes, he was running inside the base path. That is true. But the rule says the throw has to be on target. The throw, that's why you're supposed to throw at the runner in that situation, right? So that you can show he was in the base path. The throw was nowhere close. Not over it yet. I don't know if I'll ever be over it. But uh, excited about Maryland baseball. They look like they're going to be really good. All right, when we come back in, we will give our answers for Would You Rather Wednesday. We'll get a tidbit, and we'll get tubular to wrap things up for a Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Stakes. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our Winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day holiday racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the bat around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and Facebook 
facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR as we wind down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, had a great chat with Aberdeen Ironbirds general manager Jack Graham. If you missed it, you can find it at facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. And then uh, coming up tomorrow, Stan and Gary Steiner are going to preview the CIAA tournament. Commissioner Jackie McWilliams will join them. Al Hutchinson from Visit Baltimore um, unveiling a new arena. Huge event uh, back in Baltimore for a second year, the CIAA tournament, and they will preview it again at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. I'm trying to think if there was anything that, like, because we were so Todd Munkin obsessed, we didn't really cover. The, the, finally, all the coaching vacancies are filled. Yeah. Shane Steichen, of course, got the um, uh, Colts job, and then Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, through the price to pay for losing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you lose the Super Bowl, you got to lose both your coordinators. Jonathan Gannon will be the Cardinals head coach. Um, so all the coaching vacancies have been filled. Interesting that the Cardinals go to defense, I guess. Yeah, I guess they were. The, the, the thought was they had, they had zeroed in on Lou um, yeah, yeah, Amarano. Is that his name in Cincinnati? An- Anum- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know this. That had been the kind of common thought that he, that was going to be their guy. Anarumo. Anarumo. Yes. Um, but yeah, they do end up going defense. They go with Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that either. Like I've. Yeah. Well, Anarumo was a defensive guy too. So. Oh, they're both. I thought Anarumo was their offensive coordinator. He was He's the, their defense yeah, coordinator. The, oh, wow. They really they were yeah. very zeroed in on defense, apparently. Huh. So All right. I mean, so they're still essentially. This so is NFL expert <laughs> over here. I mean, so they're still essentially like going to be searching for an OC, like somebody that has to work with Kyler. Like, is that, is, are they is there the enemy? Right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, is, I mean, is that the lateral move that he is, makes? Is that yeah. the the answer to the question that we were that like he decided? That Arizona was the spot for him or something. I, I, I just, I'm so confused by the Eric V. Like, all day I was going back and forth with people yesterday, right? Like, about this topic because of that silly tweet that I put up. And I kept saying, like, it, there could be an answer here. The answer could be that, like, the Chiefs, that Andy Reid said to Eric B. Enemy at some point, like, I'm going to do this one more time. We're, we're going to roll it back next year, try one more time because it's hard to go back to back. And I've never, you know, I going back to back separates you and elevates you. I wanted to see if we can't do that. But if we can't, I'm done. Like, I, I'm ready to go. And so stick it out here because you'll be the guy. You'll you'll get your chance here. So just stick it out for one more year. That's better than going somewhere else to be an offensive coordinator. Like, there is there is some scenario by which it's – or, again, the, the Ravens just thought they had two really good candidates 
and it took them a long time to make their own decision. They just didn't make the decision until Monday, right? Like that they really liked they loved Eric Bieniemy. They loved Todd Munkin and they just they really struggled with it. It was pointed out to me that like I guess they got together last week in Jupiter, so it might very well be that they made the decision last week and just wanted to wait until after the Super Bowl to make the announcement. A lot of times the NFL would prefer you to not, you know, not let there be other big news during the course of the week. Hey, tell, let, tell it to Tom Brady. Yeah, right? What a jerk. Selfish. Oh, there Two years now. What he, did, he did it the week. That's what I was going to say. And I, and I think that there's – it's not spo- – the NFL did not make an edict, but typically teams try to get it out of the way the week before the Super Bowl, that week of the Pro Bowl, like whatever big news there's going to be, out of respect to what the NFL wants the Super Bowl to be. The NFL wants the Super Bowl to be the predominant conversation of that week. I think there were other teams that probably hired coordinators last week. I don't think it was like a yeah. off the top of my head. Was, I don't. Uh, yeah, nothing. I get nothing massive. Yeah, I can't. I, I I can't guarantee it. But yes, it's totally possible that this is as simple as the Ravens made their decision last week and just wanted to wait until the Super Bowl was over in order to announce it. Right? There's plenty of of simple answers that would have nothing to do with. Like, Eric Bieniemy being the guy, but him giving them the ultimatum, are you definitely not trading Lamar Jackson? I'm telling you that. I'm not dealing in conspiracy theories. I'm saying there's a million things that could be the case. I would just like to know, because as neat as Todd Munkin is, as I keep saying, there's only one real story that actually matters this offseason. That's the future of Lamar Jackson. And everything that we do, we're reading in, what does that mean for Lamar Jackson? That's the way that it goes. All right, let's get a. Uh, oh no, no, let's, let's right? give. Yeah, yeah, let's get our answers for Would You Rather Wednesday. That's what I wanted to do. Shut up. Let's let's do that. <laughs> Wait, who do you think you are? That was my plan all along. You jerk. You're saying we have to wait till next week to get Ken's picture. That's yeah, the, yeah. Ken says he's got a busy week. Son of a bitch. So you better stay on him. He's working on it. I guess. I guess you're right. He's probably working on his tan. Yeah, you you better. Sure. Yeah. Oh, he's he's 100. <sighs> percent I'd be far more worried about that than like my my flabbiness. You don't have to worry about that. You're good. Like I would be nice. far more worried about my pasty whites. Like when I looked at the picture my, of me, my, my thighs were a little. A little oh, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! A little white up there. When when I um, my wife of course took a picture of me doing the um, car wash last year, which I was very I was furious about. <laughs> but when I looked at it, it's not my body that concerned me. I know what my body looks like. It was my pasty. Ass like whiteness, <laughs> like you had to put on sunglasses in order to look at me that day. <laughs> it was hell, that was what was concerning for me. All right, would you rather number one, the Ravens indeed make a reasonable cost trade for DeAndre Hopkins, let's just say a third, or they pay slightly more for Mike Evans and reunite him with Todd Munkin? Let's just say, for example, they pay a first, but they get a second back. And by the way, I came up with those numbers looking at the uh, trade chart, which I know is not Bible. Um, that's the difficult part about it is that you're trying to come up with something. But uh, trade chart from for this year, the 2000, this is according to drafttech.com, trade chart would say that the Ravens' first-round pick is worth 780 points. Um, a second-round pick would presumably net them somewhere in the neighborhood. Let's just say it's middle of the second round. And I probably should have said that mid-second round would net them 430 points back, so that'd be a trade-off of about 350 points that you'd be losing in the process. Meanwhile, their third-round pick is worth 160 points. Gosh. So that, that's how I did that math. For what it's worth, even if they traded for the, um, let's just say, the first pick of the second round, 
that would still be a difference of 190 points, so it'd still be more, but I was thinking more along the lines of like middle of the second round when I did that in Got my it. Mind. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that's how it came across since it's the bucks that you're trading right. with. Um I oh, I did I should have looked exactly what it was. Sorry. The Bucks yeah. the Bucks not they are they are the fiftieth pick. So exactly what I was doing. Yeah. Yes. Um I lean Mike Evans because I mean he's a year younger. He's he's going into his tenth season. Hopkins is going into his eleventh. Um I also just really like Mike Evans. But you're pretending like a year is a significant Right, difference. exactly. Yeah. But if it means it's we get, year. you know, an extra, you know, eight games out of Mike Evans, whether that's, you know, next season or the year after or whatever, um, I, st- I think Mike Evans, it, it is weird, like the way Drew was saying. It's like, I don't like DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not sure why, but I I just don't love him. And uh, that's kind of how I feel. And, 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 it doesn't uh, really make sense. Exactly, it doesn't make sense. But I, I, I do like the third-round pick. Giving up the third is much easier than giving up the first. But again, if what are we going to take, a wide receiver at, at, at that spot? What I do hope is that if uh, if we make this exact trade for Mike Evans, we wait until the draft day, so that way we can you know kind of predict what we're going to take at 22. Okay. It doesn't take the fun away okay. out of mock drafting. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's very selfish, but I, I get it. Like it really does take the sting out of the yeah. idea of like getting excited for the NFL draft. Like, but we're not doing anything. Yeah. So, I guess at that point I, we probably wouldn't do a draft show. Oh, right. how funny it would be if like the, you know, we say, well, we there's no reason to do a draft show, and then they trade back into the first round somehow. <laughs> like they announced the Lamar trade yeah. that night. Oh my gosh. And, like, we're not on. We're not, um, but yeah, so I, Mike Evans, I think he's better. I like him more than than DeAndre Hopkins. However, you know I, much that is, but I'm getting more Mike Evans than I'm getting DeAndre Hopkins. It's not unilateral. Um, and again, I don't know why we're making it seem like the one-year thing is. Well, the, I, sort of I did that tidbit a couple of weeks ago talking about thirty-year-old receivers and like how many were in the league this season. But Mike Evans will also be thirty years old. Yeah, but like he'll this will be his age thirty season. So I he'll understand be productive. that. <laughs> There's a chance DeAndre Hopkins, I guess, just falls off if this you know this thirty-one, thirty-year-old thing. But if it's is thirty, then Mike Evans would also fall off. Well, DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, he played half the season, but he was good when he played this season. Okay. So now you're convinced that moves the target. Now it's 31 when somebody yeah, falls yeah, right, off. Let me pull. Let me pull. But I, that exact. Let me go over the answers for this. Um, Tim just says Evans. Andrew Stecka, Hopkins for me. Evans, I feel like has a slightly worse injury history, so I'm not paying more for him. John Proctor, tough call with both having injury history recently. I'm taking the younger player, Evans, as I trust the front office to make most of the draft capital anyway for any position other than wide receiver. Brian says Hopkins. Gary says Hopkins. Um. I swear to God, there is somebody there. I, it's somebody who I know, and like I love him, but he can't handle these things. Anyway, um, I don't care what the Ravens do. Shut! It is a game, Dave. Love you. You're a great guy. It's a game. You answer one way or the other. God, Josh Evans, uh, Cliff. Um, be, be, I, I, please give me something besides just a word when you answer these questions. Don't just say D Hop. I would appreciate if you'd be willing to give a thought. I always forget that I have to include that in the process. Like we're trying to have a conversation. Uh, John from Little Rock, Evans all day. That would be electric here. Um, uh, Bondi, I'll take the first for Evans. Uh, still same amount of picks and have a good wide receiver. Third for Hopkins is good, but we need the extra pick. I get it, but you'll be losing your first right, round yeah. pick, which is the most significant. But it, that first round pick is Mike Evans. So it's 
I hear you. I just like I. I mean, I don't think just getting want, getting an extra third round pick like doesn't make the difference. I just, I just really want them to go get that X factor receiver. I mean, I we saw AJ Brown. He makes like. But I think in the, the world. Super by the way, Bowl. this is the one that nobody said yet, and I'll get there. I, it's weird to me that all of this conversation hasn't gotten to the point that I'm going to make. Um, from Hickey, interesting. G- uh, give me the guy who has had a thousand plus years a season every year of his career. That's of course Mike Evans. Uh, Tony, give me Mike in a second. Just running off analyst opinion of the talent of this class, might get even more value with a second rounder yeah. while adding a physical freak we haven't had here. Alex Evans all day. Sean Hopkins. Evans is old and has been carried by Brady the last couple years. Well, if well, he's old, old that Hopkins. part, that part, there's like more of an argument for the old part. If he's old, then what's what is DeAndre Hopkins? Hopkins? But he's been carried by Brady the last couple of years. Like I think the I, argument might be Evans was carrying I him. I, uh, I don't think it's either one. Evans, Mike Evans has half the three touchdown games nobody's, in Bucks history. Nobody's pointing out the style part of this conversation, which is that from a style standpoint, this goes back to the conversation we were having about Keenan Allen yeah. and DeAndre Hopkins. I, while I like, while me personally, I prefer Mike Evans' style, isn't that more of what we think Rashad Bateman would be if he were healthy, whereas DeAndre Hopkins, if he's DeAndre Hopkins is more of that you know, stretch-the-field type that the Ravens seem to be missing, even if they have Rashad Bateman. I think that's relevant. I like Mike Evans, the receiver, a lot, right? But if Rashad Bateman is healthy, I think he's closer. I'm not trying to say he is Mike Evans. That's quite the stretch. But I think he's closer to Mike Evans than he is DeAndre Hopkins. So that, to me, is relevant in this conversation and being able to hold on to my first round pick, I, I well, I of the two, I like Mike Evans more. I think for the Ravens, and actually the the Hopkins deal would be the one that would make more sense to me. Um, number two, <laughs> would you rather? I got my, my I got to deal with my guy Dave. I got to talk to him. Uh, Glenn didn't Major League Baseball already state the commissioner's runner for extra? Yes, we're playing a game. Major League Baseball not only sticks with the extra innings rule, but they also bring it to the playoffs. Or they get rid of it altogether, but regular season games. And what are you doing over there that's so important that you have to close the door? Huh? I don't know! And what are you doing? Deal with it. You hired me. Deal with it. I'm going to do performative stuff. Joke. Uh, or they get rid of it, uh, but regular season games end in ties after 12 innings. Uh, I mean, I like the extra inning rule, so I don't have it's a problem with it. the best rule in the history yeah, I don't of have a problem with it. Ties, I mean, I guess they'll bring an interesting aspect. I mean, you'd still be playing another three innings. Like, almost all these games would probably go to a tie. I guess not almost all of them. But there'd be a lot of games going to ties, and I think that'd be, that, I mean, that'd be way more boring than, than having the extra inning rule and the game being over by the 10th, 11th inning every, every night. I can't believe that anyone would ever sign up for a scenario that involves ties. I just can't <laughs> believe that anybody would ever sign up. I mean, I guess it would up. make like the playoff situation maybe and, slightly more interesting because you'd probably go to a, what, a point system. Like, presumably, yes. Yeah. And by the way, that's exact, it's, as I said, I can't believe anybody would sign up for ties. Here's Andrew Stecka. Make ties great again. <laughs> I'm a soccer fan. Ties are fine. Tim, well, ties. <laughs> Why is... God, Proctor, because he can't stomach the idea of the uh, rule being in the playoffs, says ties. <laughs> Ryan Gill, ties. What? Who's who's in love with ties? Josh, ties. For, for outside of the game, the the rule is the rule is not 
been implemented in the postseason. No, yet. it will not be implemented okay. in the postseason. They're going to continue at least yet. Yeah, and I don't think they ever will. I really okay. don't think they ever will. I think that the, the point of the rule is because they don't want there to be seventeen inning games because of the impact that it has roster wise. Mm-hmm. I think in the playoffs they're always going to say, "This is the way it goes, man. Like this is you have to play baseball. You have to." I just I would be stunned if they ever bring it into. Now I mean maybe I'm I'm wrong. Maybe they'll I, look. I think it's the best rule that baseballs maybe ever come up. With. I'm so in love with this rule. I don't have the words to explain it. And I thought I was gonna hate it. Like when they announced it, I was like, this is the dumbest gimmick ass that they could ever come up with. And then I saw it the first time, and I was like, oh, I'm in love. It's actual baseball. Did you like the pictures going around of the new uh, bases? The bases? Yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> there was somebody in the comments, like whoever it was that they shared the the gar- the, the cartoonishly yeah. sized base. Then that said, and now here's the bases juxtaposed to Oracle Park in San Francisco oh, yeah. <laughs> and put the stadium on top of the ba- it, Twitter is so stupid. God, it's so stupid. I love it. I love it so much. I can't believe you people are signing up for ties. Right, we got to fly because it's 1222. Uh, number three, would you rather all of a sudden your partner is really obsessed with Valentine's Day or cares so little about Valentine's Day that you kind of have to wonder? I uh, um. You don't have a yeah. partner, so it's yeah, a little I know, bit different, but right? I'd probably go with, you know, doesn't care at all. <laughs> Even I, though, it, I, I mean, I just, it makes you, I, it dude, makes you wonder. I'm I guess, telling you, if, if next year my wife didn't, like, was completely, I would have just assumed that she has a boyfriend. I would just assume. <laughs> the moment that happened, I'd be like, now, for what it's worth, to Drew's point, I still think we have to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, but at least I don't have to worry about Valentine's Day. Gotta go all out every point. year. I, we're, you know... Look, it would suck, and it would. I think the real question you're asking yourself is: You'd rather be in a relationship with somebody who's that obsessed with Valentine's Day, or not be in a relationship? Yeah. And it's not the game, Glenn. And no, but I mean that really is kind of what you're asking. Yeah. Like you really are kind of asking. On the flip side, like if if you're worried, then it could be because you're not going to be in a relationship any longer. And the truth be told, I'd rather just find a new relationship with someone who's not obsessed with Valentine's Day. So I do think that the other side of it might be the correct answer. And then number four, we're getting Bojangles here in Baltimore. Would you rather the first Bojangles? Do you care about Bojangles? Does it mean anything uh, to you? No. God, I mean, I can't even have these conversations I've, for anybody. I mean, I, I, I know it's great. Good. It's wonderful is sure. what it is. Where is it, where's it open? Uh, I don't know. They said in the press release, but I didn't look. Okay. Um, uh, would you rather the first one be? So assume it's somebody that, you know, something that you care about deeply. Would okay. you rather it be right down the street from your house or more like 20 minutes away because you don't need a temptation? Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm gonna go. You know, right next door, because I, I always thought about you know, if there was a Chick Fil A like right next to my house. Yeah, and I'd be like, I mean, that would be when I that'd when be I great. when I lived in White Marsh and did have a Chick Fil A, essentially not next to my house, but right down the street. I it was the Chick Fil A Nottingham Square. In fact, I was there every day. I, I was always jealous of of Liberty High School because yeah. there because Chick Fil A in Eldersburg is like right there. It's literally feet from the school, and I was like, oh. My yeah, I mean, yeah, every day. It's a problem. It's yeah. a genuine problem. All right, continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Somebody's winning a $25 gift card to Royal Farms. Tidbit is brought to you today by the new print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. If you use that gift card that you win, you can go pick one of these up while you're there. Gunnar Henderson's on the cover, the number one prospect in all of baseball, Baltimore Orioles. Infielder, we assume. What? Where? What are we assuming for Gunnar Henderson? I actually don't even know. I think we're just assuming Hall of Famer. Well, right, but like, are, he's got to play somewhere this year. What is, is there? All a, over. 
Is there a common I'll probably play thought some first process? base at some point? You know, well, so, I mean, hopefully Mountcastle. Well, I don't think he's going to play out, first but base, but like if we needed him to, we could. I, I feel like for a little while, the assumption was that he plays third, third and Arias plays second. But like Arias, Arias was a good third baseman. Was a damn good third baseman. So and then. But like you don't really want to, because Gunnar Henderson. <laughs> are, we, are we just banking on the Mateo flaming like, out? Like, yeah, and you just make Gunnar Henderson the shortstop. I genuinely don't know what the I answer mean, is. I mean, Mateo would be a great tenth guy. So. Or could you see if Mateo could play yeah, second Mateo, base? Yeah. Right? Like yeah. I don't. Anyway, Gunnar Henderson. Right I, think, I think it's good problems. This, These are. I agree <laughs> that they're good problems to have, but I just realized I don't know that there's been a consensus to this yet, and that it's still something that maybe we're looking to find out about the guy that we're literally putting on the cover of press box this month. Go get it right now. Um, all right, so this was this is more of it. This is a tidbit, actually. I know we haven't done one in a while, but a little bit. so uh, so someone on Monday night uh, predicted the score had a correct score bet of the Cavs Spurs game. Cavs one seventeen, Spurs one oh nine at two hundred sixty to one. They put two dollars and sixty one cents on it, paid out six hundred eighty dollars. And the reason they did this is because of a Seinfeld episode from the from the early 90s like 1991 or something okay. and there was a, and I forget I don't know what the context of it was but I guess Jerry like wrote down a bet or something and some guy read it off and he was like Cleveland 117 San Antonio 109 no no and so that was the reason that was the reasoning behind it cuz oh Cleveland God. and San Antonio got together and played the game right. and and it's actually not the first time since that episode aired this is not the first time that Cleveland San Antonio has been one seventeen. That is wild, Jack. That is so wild. So someone did the math. They played forty six regular season games yeah. uh, since since that episode aired. So if they had put two sixty one two dollars and sixty one cents on this bet at approximately two hundred sixty to one odds, every single game they've yeah. played all forty six times, they would still be up about twelve hundred dollars, <laughs> which is so. And and for units, they'd be up nearly a five hundred units. That is wild. Man. Uh, that is. <laughs> I, I have no idea what to say about that. It's just wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the take. first time was 2019, the, like how about four years it? ago. How about it? How about it? Um, and then it, I know we're running out of time. We gotta get one. one. Okay. Is that it? Yeah, that, that, just, that can be you don't, have a, you don't have a trivia. I mean, I, I do have one if you want to do it. Is it quick or is yeah, it we take make it quick. It was uh, so while well, you guys are talking about the most losses in conference championships, uh, there are five guys that have lost four times. I'm hungry? Can we get a burger? <laughs> Talk about five guys. <laughs> Uh, five guys that have lost how many times? They've lost four, four times co- in the conference championship. In the conference round. championship, yes. Peyton Manning. Peyton has not lost four times. Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has indeed lost four conference championships. Uh, Mahomes has only lost twice for. Right, but he would have lost. Yeah, would have lost three times. The point that Drew was making. Uh, did did Tom Brady didn't lose? Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady is, has four losses in the conference championship. Was one of them with Tampa, or are they all with? I believe in Tampa they lost in the uh, yeah, divisional round. With, they were all with New yeah, England. Yeah, so then, New England. then he wouldn't have been the first guy to have lost three AFC champ, but might have been the first guy to lose three at home. Yeah, yeah, I think AFC. that's what. Yeah, that's what the stat was. Uh, I don't, I don't know, Marino. Um, no, not Marino. Uh, Roethlisberger, not Roethlisberger. Flacco only lost two. Yeah, Flacco lost twice. Um, Roethlisberger lost twice as well. Eli Manning. Not Eli Manning. Brett Favre. Brett Favre three times, not four. John Elway. Not John Elway. The problem is you have to be good enough to have been there, mm-hmm. and that's what makes this very difficult. Donovan McNabb. Uh, yes, McNabb four times, four losses in the conference championship. Um. All right, just it's 12-30. Tell me who uh, 49ers quarterback. Young, yes, Mon- Steve Young, Steve Young, Montana lost three times. Okay, and and the other one, Ken Stabler. 
It's always Ken Stabler. It's always, always. no, it's always Jim Plunkett. That's the we had Jim Plunkett and Steve Young were regularly the answer to our questions for like years that I couldn't come up with. All right, very good. Thank you. Tubular is brought to you today by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. So many offers. Football season might be over, but there's still plenty of things to bet on. And there's still free money, free bets that are being given away. You've got to make sure if you signed up for one, sign up for others. Go check it out right now. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. I just noticed you wore your Hopkins shirt after they lost last night. Just no- yeah, or I, is that your DeAndre Hopkins this is shirt? The, this is my Johns Hopkins Hospital. Oh, Jeez. hospital. Okay, yeah. all right. Unrelated. Uh, here's what's coming up uh, tonight, totally tubular-wise. Three local teams in action. Loyola hosts Lafayette at 7 o'clock. UMBC's at Albany at 7 o'clock. Navy's at Lehigh at 7 o'clock, all on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, Mount St. Mary's also at home. Oh, no, this is lacrosse, I see, this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Mount St. Mary's hosts Delaware at 3 o'clock. I should have written that it was lacrosse. I'm going to go do that right now. Big Ten hoops tonight. Minnesota, Michigan State at 7. Indiana, Northwestern at 9, both on Big Ten Network. Everything else, GlennClarkRadio.com for college hoops. Fox Sports 1, day, uh, Daytona 500 qualifying tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh, ESPN Heat Net 7.30. Pelicans Lakers at 10. TNT Blackhawks Maple Leafs at 7. Avalanche Wild at 9.30. Uh, CONCACAF U17 Championship, the U.S. and Canada at 8 o'clock on Fox Sports 2. Uh, Champions League continues, including on CBS, the big uh, network this afternoon for Borussia Dortmund and Chelsea. Uh, Club Bruges and Benfica at 3 o'clock on Paramount Plus. TBS for AEW Dynamite at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Um, yeah, a couple. Uh, Liam Neeson's going to be on Fallon tonight for some movie called Marlowe, which it's like a noir, it's like a noir 1930s invested detective th- uh, mean, thriller. Noir? Yeah, noir. Okay. Whatever. Right. <laughs> Same thing. Noir. You know what I mean. Yeah. I, sometimes uh, my wife has to roll me over in the middle of the night because I'm noring. Hulu's going to have a Wu-Tang, uh, the, the final season of the Wu-Tang American Saga. When? Uh, today? Yes, today. No, S. Yeah, first or at least the first episode. Yeah. My friend. Yeah, first episode. We're about to start watching it. Okay. Love that show. It's excellent. Uh, full Swing. Somebody gets mad about um, like the voice of the guy that does Rizzo. They're like, it's not right. I'm like, shut up. It's a great show. Uh, full Swing, the, the PGA Tour uh, show. Yes, the PGA yeah, Tour show, the, 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 the Drive to Survive uh, guys, the F1 um, so that's on Netflix, and then African Queens in uh, in Jenga series premiere. Uh, okay. This is on Netflix as well. It's uh, executively produced by Jada Pinkett, and they like highlight. Is that cor- executively? Is that a is that a correct, or is it just executive produced? Executive produced. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not coming down on you. I don't know produced. the answer. I feel like both work. All right, we'll go with it. Why not? Jada Pinkett. Uh, produces that, um, and uh, it looks pretty interesting. They right, highlight right, the lives and right, stories. Quick, I want to hit play on the Queens, and then a uh, new episode of Bad Batch, of course, Star Wars. Oh yeah, you love that. All right, very good. Thanks today to Drew. Thanks to Juju Reese. Thanks to Eric Zier. Some great insight on Todd Munkin. Thanks to Maryland baseball coach Rob Vaughn. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. And now we tell you about our huge day tomorrow. Stuff and things. Yeah, stuff there and is. things. There we go. Try to get that sorted out. Yeah. <laughs> Always the biggest way to capitalize on a great show. Man, we had a great show today, and then tomorrow, pitchers and catchers report. I think that's well, the Orioles at least today. No, the, the Orioles, everyone's catchers tomorrow. Everybody else was today. Orioles oh. pitchers. Why is everybody? But, but people, I mean, this is like okay. pe- players report early. That's all it is. Because yeah. yes, you're seeing pictures of Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez and company all report today. But technically, the reporting date for pitchers and catchers is tomorrow. All right. Uh, thanks today to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Maryland Jockey Club, Great Eights Memorabilia, Maryland Vascular Specialist, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Charles is putting up some good TikTok content. 
maybe too much at the same time. <laughs> like, might, might need to make it breathe, but I, I love it. I love that he's uh, one of them's got a hit. It. Yeah, right. You, you keep keep swinging. Yeah. One of them's gonna. Uh, no, I, I appreciate it. Uh, Charles is working very hard on that, and that uh, it's great. I love that. So follow us all of those places at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go UMBC. Go Loyola. Go Navy. Duke sucks. <laughs>